Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Interesting, as we're in the off week of the Super Bowl, and a lot of news going around in the National Football League, um, most notably the job in Washington and Josh Harris's group, Ben Johnson now pulls his name out of consideration. And like I told you guys before, a lot of this stuff comes over money. That's why Bill Belichick didn't get the job in Atlanta. Not to say that my friend Raheem Morris was not qualified to get that job, but a lot of this stuff sometimes comes down to money. People keep going like this. Remember something, Mike Vrabel's still making money with Tennessee. So whether he works or not is not important this year. You guys make it sound like, well, Belichick's not going to get a job. Well, I'm not going to put $20 million on the line because you want to pay me $9 million. I get paid more money sitting at home than going and working in Atlanta for $10 million less. Why would I do that when I got three years remaining on my deal? How funny is it that the media is like, Belichick may be blocked out. He's not blocked out of anything. If you've got $60 million guaranteed to you, right, guys? you got $60 million guaranteed to you. Are you going to go to work for some organization half of that money that's owed to you because you want a job in Atlanta? Or you want a job in Washington because they want to pay you less? Hey, if Ben Johnson, by the way, if Ben Johnson thinks he's worth $15 million, then Ben Johnson's value to him is $15 million. And he looks at it as the grass isn't greener on the other side. Cause you know why people that go to Washington go there to die as coaches. When you're in Washington, I know it's new ownership, but when you go to Washington, the chances of you turning around the commanders, very little right now, brand new ownership. What direction are they going to go? Hey, maybe Ben Johnson looked at the way Josh Harris runs the Sixers and said, is that the right owner for me? 
I don't know. Believe in the process? He's probably like, what process? I mean, you you go to you go to Washington to die. I think Belichick may land there. There is a historical significance to it because that's where Lombardi ended his career. Took a couple of years off in Green Bay, I think one. And he was given the general manager's title to run the Packers. And I think he worked for AT&T as a board of directors guy for a year. And he hated it. And Kent Cook gave him 5% of the Washington Redskins at the time. And that's how they got him to coach in his final time before he got sick and passed away. My uncle was at his bedside when he passed with his family because, of course, he was an assistant coach in New York with the Giants back in the day with Coach Landry and Howell and those guys when they were winning all those games and going all those championship games. So you go to you go to Washington, though. I mean, he looked at himself as, hey, I'm a $15 million guy. Washington didn't see it that way. Okay. I'm going to go back to Detroit and keep my value. Look, when you're making that kind of money now as assistant coaches in the NFL at coordinators, Vic Fangio making seven, eight million dollars. Why do I want to be a head coach when I don't have to have all the heat? Okay. We'll see. So that's out. Um, there's one thing with the Eagles that I'm starting to see. I'm seeing a lot of quality assistant coaches that names are coming up for position coaches on the defensive side, linebacker, D-line. You're seeing a lot of names. And again, I asked the question of yesterday. I, I asked this question to you. Um, why didn't they do this last year? Why the massive course change? You go from one extreme to the other extreme. I mean, you go from one, one extreme, you go like this. Well, I'm not going to have any experience. To now, every single guy you're hiring is a former defensive coordinator, a position coach, guys with great quality names. What's, what's the big change? What's, what's the big change? Okay. Um, and by the way, um, if uh, what we're hearing now, Tracy Rocker, if he is fired, which most likely is, he'll become the new defensive line coach for the Houston Texans. So Tracy will be out of work a total of one day, just so you know. Um, he'll be the Texans' D-line coach. That's all words that are going around the league if he is released from his contract. In Philly, and he's fired. He'll be the Texans' defensive line coach. So there you have it. Um, I thought I, I heard Tone talking about the attendance and sixteen percent of the American public watched these conference title games this past weekend. I'm going to take it further. For a six-hour block, 110 million football fans watched two games. Almost like 112 million people watched two games. There's 330 million people in America. 
Think about that. For six hours, 112 million Americans watch football. I mean, 93 of the top 100 2023 TV shows are football. If you ain't talking football, you're wasting your time. Nobody cares really about these other sports. Now, I say that because of the, listen, do you care more about Warriors and Lakers than you do some sort of shitty sitcom? Absolutely. Four million people tune into that thing. Okay? I mean, for six hours, you had 55 million people tuning in to each game. That's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Crazy stuff. All good. By the way, we're going to go knee deep and we're going to start looking at free agency and also potential prospects. And what's the best avenue to rebuild your defense? You don't really need here, here before we get going on this too. Before we get going on this, now, now, I want some of you to know this. This is going to be a conversation that may be a little bit over some of your heads because most of you won't know what we're talking about because this is actually football talk. And this is going to be something that some of you will have no clue what I'm saying. If you want to stay, that's fine. If not, maybe another day for you because this is going to be more of a philosophical intellectual conversation when it comes to rebuilding finances, money, salary cap. And some of you won't grasp it because you can't. Okay. So this is kind of like for like, you know, people who just don't sit around for four hours talking dumb stuff. This is more of a conversation for like an intellectual football fan. So if that's not you, you might want to come back tomorrow. Okay. You might want to come back tomorrow because some of you in here aren't quite smart enough. So we'll get to that here in a second. But I do want to ask you this before we get going as well. Um, how many people think the Eagles have a Super Bowl window open right now? How many people think you have a Super Bowl window? Or is it closed already? I think your window's closed. So I'll tell you right out of the top. Your window's closed. You have no window. You had an opportunity. You were a one-year wonder, which you've always been. So don't act like you build successful teams. You don't. You don't have long-term success on having a Super Bowl team. That defense is the worst in the league right now. Okay? It's closed. Now, here's the good news. You really don't have to build it up to a top 10 unit because of how good of talent you have on offense. 
you have to really build it up to a bend but don't break defense. If I were you, I wouldn't be thinking about 65 sacks, fit a massive turn. I would be thinking about let's get to respectability. Because if you get to respectability on that side of the ball, you can open that window back up again. Depending on the relationship with Kellen Moore and also how the offense is going to respond to the new schematics that Kellen's going to put in there under center more. I wonder where the RPO is going, things like that. So philosophically, they're changing, not really personnel on that side of the ball. On the defensive side, it's not changing scheme, but you have a ton of work to do. And you have about, what did I hear, $28 million? Hey, guys, $18 million of that money goes to your draft. $18 million goes to your draft with signing bonuses and the amount of picks that you have this year. You're going to spend roughly around $18 million on that. So you got $10 million to operate in free agency. So when you guys are sitting here going like, what do you think, those draft choices are free? Those sign-in bonuses, by the way, first-rounders, all the money's guaranteed, including the bonus. All those guys, they're, that's the new collective bargaining agreement. When you sign a guy in the first round, his bonus is 100% guaranteed. Actually, the entire contract's guaranteed. Okay? I mean, you think, well, you know, we got 28 in cap. No, you got about 12 guys you're going to draft. And you got to spend money on those guys. Well, you ain't getting no hometown discount in the draft. That's not what your Rosenhouse does. Okay? So, again, I don't think you have a Super Bowl window. I think you had a Super Bowl opportunity. And you had the opportunity to keep the window open last March. Well, when you didn't retool the team, you hired all those bums as coordinators and you got the shitty result and you were a one in seven football team, your door closed. Remember something, Super Bowl contenders don't have one in seven stretch runs. (laughs) You know, Kansas City may not have played well all year during the regular season, but they didn't have one in seven stretch runs. I mean, what what Super Bowl team had a one in seven stretch run? You, <laughs> if you're a good team and a true Super Bowl contender, you don't have three months of that. Okay, so it's curious. Just wanted to hear what people thought when it came to you. Got to build this thing back up again here. And this is going to take a lot from Howie, the assistant coaches. You know, I wonder how much input. By the way, do you think that the front office is going to give some of these new assistant coaches input into the personnel they need at linebacker, safety, and corner? Okay. Seals, what teams have Super Bowl windows? Ravens, Niners, Um. Ravens and Niners, I think the Bengals with a healthy Burrow. I think the Bills, 
Um, I think the Lions. Yeah. Those teams are all better than you. Remember, beat the Bucks and the Giants. Kansas City. Okay, Kansas City. I think the Lions are a younger version of San Francisco. So, still, that's a great question, Malcolm. So, are we in a rebuild? You know what, Malcolm? You're always in a rebuild on defense. We really, you know what? You're not rebuilding anything on offense. You're just going to try to do it different. You have the pieces on offense. Like, like here, how many offenses in the National Football League are better than the Eagles' offense? Let's just stay in the NFC. Is Dallas better than you? No. San Francisco? Probably better than you. Because Kittle's better than Goddard. Devontae's better than Ayuk, but not by a ton. AJ's better than Debo, but Debo's different. Debo's not a traditional wideout. He's used in multiple facets. The running back is sensational. And the quarterback is efficient and doesn't turn the ball over like that. I mean, he's high-octane offense. I mean, he threw almost 100 less passes than Hurts. And, you know, I mean, his completion percentage and his quarterback rating were over the top. I think he finished third in the MVP. The coaching's better in San Francisco on the offensive side. So they're probably a little better. Not a ton, though. I'm not saying like, oh, no, it's a 10 and a 6. You're talking like 9-5 versus 10. It's right there. So it's all all subject. Should any team not name Kansas City pass on Williams in the draft? If he truly is the next Mahomes, I'm not convinced Caleb Williams is the guy. I never saw him win a big game or never saw him do anything exceptional in college at any stop, Oklahoma or USC. I saw nothing spectacular that made me go that guy special when it came to winning big games. I I liked the guy, Michael Penix. I thought he got beat up a little bit in the title game against Michigan. Um, He was sensational in the semifinal game. Um, I think the Bo Nix kid, that's kind of like a funny experiment. You know, he's an older guy, played a ton of years at Auburn before he went to Oregon. The Drake May kid is an interesting an interesting quarterback. Um, yeah, I mean, I look at the quarterback class coming in, and everyone says it's a great class. Is Jaden Daniels? I don't know. Do you really see exceptional in, in, in any of those guys? Do you see exceptional arm talent in any one of those guys that are going to be in the draft? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I, I really don't. I, I don't know. I really like the idea of trading AJ for picks. Smith has shown more. Um. That's been a topic here on our program, and 
even the radio stations in Philadelphia are picking that up now too. When it came to something we brought up about three days ago about trading AJ and everyone first initially were like, are you crazy? I'm like, no, because Kansas city is the number one test that shows you. And so is green Bay. You think there's any coincidence that green Bay and Kansas city got better when they traded Devontae Adams and they traded Tyree kill. You think there's any coincidence in that? Take a look at what green Bay did. They not just traded away Aaron Rodgers. They traded Devontae Adams away. And Rodgers took those draft choices and are rebuilding that football team. Same thing Kansas City's doing with Tyreek Kill. I disagree with Rob. I think he can get two ones for AJ. I'll tell you why. This guy's got 3,000 yards in two years. I mean, I don't know. Who's the only guy that has more than that? Maybe Tyreek and um, Justin Jefferson? And Jefferson was hurt. Played 12 games and had 1,100 yards. That guy's still the best guy in the game up in Minnesota. 12 games, he had 1,100 yards, which is insanity. That's how good that guy is. And by the way, am I paying $30 million for Justin Jefferson? I don't know how I can't. Okay? I don't know how you don't. Okay. Someone goes like this. Don't copy other teams. Like what? Getting an idea that you don't have to have a number one quarterback. If you have a great, if you, if you, you don't need a $50 million quarterback to get to a Super Bowl. If you have an outstanding roster like San Francisco, they've proved that too. And I wouldn't call Brock Purdy one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. He's top 10 quarterback. Like if I put Brock Purdy in Las Vegas, is he any Jimmy Garoppolo? He's Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like that's not a guy that's going to carry your football team if you lose Kittling McCaffrey. I, I don't see that. And I haven't yet. Until you can show me like, you play with not very many. Like, Josh Allen plays with nobody but digs. He has nobody on that team up there. They're kind of decent in the run. The running back's good. The kid, he's come on the scene. He's a good player. I like that running back they got up there now in Buffalo. He's good. I didn't think they had. He's a pro bowler. Okay? So, I mean, he's good. But, I mean, like I said, you get a couple first-round draft choices. Say you get a one and two threes, like I heard Rob say. Okay, one and two threes. Hoss, you've got a ton of shit work to do on that side of the football over there. You are not going anywhere. By the way, there's better chance of you having a losing season next year than there is you going to the Super Bowl. And you know it. There's a chance you better chance you'll have a losing season. You think you're turning that around because you hired Vic Fangio and you're going to tote out N'Kobe Dean and Zach Cunningham as your linebackers. And here we are back to last offseason where I told you those guys were horseshit that you had in there with Morrow and them guys. 
stupidity. I told you the coordinators would be a factor, that coaching would stop you from getting to the Super Bowl. All that shit we said happened. The really only thing we were wrong about on the Eagles' part was that I thought your D would get better. But you had incompetent people above them. I don't know if Sean decides a bad coordinator. I know that Nick is a shitty coach. Okay? So, I'll, I'll talk a little more about that in, in the whole thing with AJ. Because I, I, I'm, I'm talking myself more into it. Okay? I am. I'm talking myself more into it. Oh, by the way, I wanted to read something to you that was sent to me about um, Vic Fangio. And I'm, I want to read this to you. Vic Fangio's one-voice approach to running the defense wore on other coaches on the Miami staff. An example that he didn't allow position coaches to present their work to the defense, instead gathering information from, from them and doing it himself. The sort of approach is decided old school and seeped through the players who by the end of the season started to tune out Vic Fangio. You know, I say this to that. It's about time somebody had one voice in the room. You're not going to the players and telling them your philosophy on something if it contradicts my philosophy. That's what it called being a D coordinator is or having an offensive coordinator in the building. If you want to bring your views to our coaching staff and into our meetings, that's fine. But we're not sending different messages to our players. I completely concur and agree with that approach. I don't need a hundred million um, roosters in the hen house. I need one. One voice with clarity. One voice, that's the leader. One voice, you know where it's coming from. That's the problem with the Eagle organization. You don't know where shit comes from because everyone it thinks it's like a big secret who's in charge. You don't have to have anything. I don't want to hear a position coach telling my defensive backs, here's what we're going to No, I'll tell them. This is what we're doing. This is the approach we have. Okay? Having clarity is a bad thing? You think that's a bad thing, having clarity, one voice. How many people like when in your life when... I mean, just think about this here for a second. When you're a kid and your mom and dad have two different views on a particular subject, and you're in the middle of it, Dad thinks this, your mom thinks that. You got two voices giving you two different opinions. It makes it clouded of a judgment that you're going to make. Instead, when you got one voice in the room going, you should do it this way. You're going to be more set on a path. Hey, it might not be, but you're going to learn from adversity anyway. You're not going to learn from being a front runner. I completely don't have a problem with that. Jesus, criminy. People are soft that write these Stupid-ass fucking articles about people that are in leadership positions. That's a leadership position. Well, some of the co – get this. Here's, here's the criticism of Vic Fangio in Miami. Some of the players really didn't like the way he talked to 
them. Yeah, you know, he didn't allow his assistant coaches to really spread the game plan out because he felt that was his job. I don't know what's wrong with anything. To me, it actually makes me feel more comfortable with Vic Fangio as our defense coordinator now than it ever did before. I'm even more sold. He's a leader. He's got clarity. It's his voice in the room. It's his way or the highway. Isn't that what you wanted last year in your coordinators? It's his way or the highway. And I'm not talking about adjusting and in-game adjustments and shit like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, hey, we're getting killed on the run. Don't you think we should bring that? I'm not talking that. I'm talking about when you're putting something together. You hired me to be your coordinator. I'm not a delegator. That's the head coach's responsibility. Okay? That's what you're looking for. That's right, Jason. Jason, I love that. That's right, Jace. Bring discipline. You bring clarity. Absolutely. Great. We're going to get Ron Jaworski Friday. Looking forward to that. I mean, dude, the, the approaches that people have. I don't want a guy with 50 different guys. I don't need my coordinator going up and asking Sean Desai. Or here, here's a better one. Hey, it's Nick's offense, but go ahead, Brian. You're the play caller. That's ass backwards. You're either the OC play caller or you're not. I'm not doing it by committee. Jalen Hurts was coached by committee last year. You're not going to win by committee. The year before that, they were coached by Steichen. Last year, they were coached by the committee. And they told you it. They told you, my offense, he calls the plays. Your coach, Jalen Hurts, and you ran your offense by committee. I mean, how can you win like that? You have two different opinions on one play. Two different opinions on one play. Eagle fans, hear you piss off but you speak the truth tired of these yes men on the team and in the media dude one voice clarity pj one voice is all i'm looking for okay is all i'm looking for i love that that vic fangio is a hard ass that team needs their ass beat hey, by the way after that one and six finish, don't you want some asses? Don't you want some heads rolling? Don't you want some accountability for the way they ended their season? Should make you feel better that they're bringing in a guy with a whip. Oh, is that too harsh for you? Oh. I don't mind that. You know what makes you sit back in the offseason going, all right. By the way, one more time about these hires. I don't know. We'll know in September. We'll know in September. Seals, do you think they're good hires? I don't know. 
No one does. We'll see. The Kellen Moore thing kind of makes me, you know, kind of pause a bit because I don't see the compatibility with him and Hurts whatsoever. He's never coached an RPO guy. I said it yesterday. He has no experience in it. So I don't know. And, and, and what I don't like is, and I don't want to hear Sirianni lying saying that his skill set is compatible with Jalen's. That's a lie. Okay? He's never coached anyone or developed a quarterback at all. Especially when you watch what Dak did this year. So, I don't know. I, I, so, so, do you hate? No. I don't know. What do you want me to say? Make something up? Yeah, I love the hires. These are really great. How do you know that? How do you know that? That's like saying, hey, Raheem Morris is going to be a great head coach in Atlanta. How do you know that? You're assuming it. You're giving him the benefit of the doubt. Well, I don't in this game. You got to wait until you see when you're in the game what these coaches and what these coordinators do. You can have the opinion all you want. You know, some coordinators go places. Look at what's going on in Los Angeles right now. You know who they brought? Hey, by the way, who do you think the Rams brought in to replace Raheem Morris as defensive coordinator and are in the contract talks with him on being the new coordinator of the Rams? Sean McVay, what, what guy out there would you think would be somebody that would fit? Sean McVay's M.O. and how he thinks of his football team. You got it, Kyle. Ron Rivera. <laughs> Ron Rivera is an excellent defensive coordinator. That's, that's a perfect fit. He will do marvelous things with that defense. He's a great coordinator. Okay? Great. Great coordinator. All right. Where are we here? Okay, good. Plenty of time. Let, I think this is an important question to ask about Howie Roseman because Howie's front and center now. The, the coaches, the assistant coaches are going to be more important than the head coach in this. So we'll put little Nicky Sirianni in a box over here. Because the assistant coaches on the defensive side are going to be instrumental in building your team up to respectability. Right now, you're not a respectable defense. You have not one redeeming quality on your defense right now, except for about three players. That's it. That is not a very good team. I don't care what you fucking think. What you hope. If, and, but, what, hope, hey. Coaching, eh, you suck. Let's let's get to the brass taxes here. Stop overvaluing shit. Okay? Stop overvaluing shit. What is that? Cunningham had a good year. Yeah. So with that piece of shit doesn't smell. Versus that piece of shit over here that does smell. Stop dressing up 
a shit turd. End of story. So, what does your general manager do best? Is it free agency? Or is it the draft? And what positions? And I'm going to tell you the positions that he should go either draft. See, again, this conversation for some of you in here won't be, and you won't be able to follow along because you're not real intelligent. Like our friend LJ here, he's not really that smart. Okay, he's, you know, he's he goes off on these, he doesn't really listen. So this is not really for him. So maybe he should come back Friday when Ron Jaworski's on or something and we can have fun with him then. But for some of you in here, this is a conversation that has to do with building a team up to where, again, you don't have to have the Ravens defense back in the early 2000s. You don't have to have that. You just got to be respectable, and you're not right now. You're not a very respectable defense. So let's do this. What does Howie do best, free agency or draft? What does he, you think he does? Okay. CB, CB, safety, safety. Uh, Sam, Will, Mike, and DT, DT, and, okay. Free agency, free agency. Um, Free agency for sure. Remember what I told you just now. Where it is, $28 million in cap space. Plus, you're going to have to restructure contracts, especially at the corner position. And, you know, maybe you can restructure some other ones. But at the end of the day, you're going to need $18 million. You're going to need $18 million for the draft. So you have $10 million to maneuver with. Now. You can make contracts work. In today's collective bargaining agreement, there's all kinds of tools in the tool bag that give these general managers opportunities to do that. By the way, that's a great one. Um, Leon, we're going to have Bill Moss on at 4.30. Tone at 3.30, as always. Bill's part of the broadcast team for the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City's a better team without A.J. Brown. Oh, I mean, excuse me, Tyree Kill. They're in their second Super Bowl, going for back-to-back. Without the best deep threat in NFL history. But I don't want to trade A.J. That's because you don't believe in Hurts. I, I, don't, I get it. You either believe in him or you don't. Kansas City actually thought that they didn't need help. So you must think you really need AJ to win. Kansas City went like this. We don't need Tyreek. 
Got rid of them. And now they're in their second Super Bowl in a row, going for two in a row. See, what you don't want to do with AJ is you're not all sold on Hurts. Because if you were, you'd be like, let's get this guy's ass out of here. Let's get some draft picks. Let's think about that. Look at the big-time wide receivers in the Super Bowl. Hmm, let me think. So Debo Samuel, who's not really a traditional wideout, and Ayuk is more of a lesser version of Devontae. So you really don't have one big-time wide receiver in the Super Bowl. I believe in Hurts. I don't trust Howie in the draft. That's a good one too, Q. Think about that. There's not really a big-time wideout in the game. Debo's more like a Swiss Army knife. Jet sweeps, running in between the tackles, put them in the slot, line them up out wide, run them on those big sweeps, right? He's more like cut like that. Did he have 1,000 yards this year? Okay, did, did, did he have 1,000? Time that guy's on the field, though, man. He's a weapon. Okay? So, let's do this. First, we have to identify. Debo had 892. It's just about three games this year, right? Three, four games. It's a pretty good number still. Pretty good number. Very good number, actually. So, like, Ayuk has a 1,000, and Debo doesn't. Okay? Ayuk, Ayuk was great. Missed two games. Okay, well, then he's not really going to put up 1,300, 1,400, 1,500 yards like your boy AJ is because he gets all the targets, though. Hey, do you think, before I move on to this, you think um, Patrick Mahomes – can I make a comparison on where Patrick Mahomes is in his career? And I'm going to compare him to Jordan. Follow me here. He's putting up all those big numbers, all those big touchdown numbers. Coach went to him, Andy Reid, and said this to him. Hey, you want to win consistent championships? It's not going to be about putting up 400 yards passing anymore. 225 yards, 30 of... 30, 30 of 39, something like that. Pacheco running the ball, playing some good defense. We got a defense now. You don't have to throw for 500 yards. It's not about winning passing titles. It's about winning NFL championships. Kind of the same conversation Phil Jackson had with Jordan. Hey, you want to win scoring titles or you want to win NBA titles? You know, Jordan never won another scoring title after he won his first title wasn't about scoring titles. It was it was more about winning championships. So that's where I think Patrick Mahomes is. Okay? All right. So let's do this. This defense needs Hey, do we think that this defense needs a complete overhaul? I do. I think this defense needs a complete overhaul. Okay? Complete overhaul. 
Um, at the end position, would you go in the, would you use your draft picks or would you use free agency? Who are my ends going to be? Who are my ends going to be in 2024? Brandon Graham's out. He's not good enough. So would I get an edge rusher? Um, Would I draft an edge rusher? No, I want a veteran. I want Graham's out over here. Sweat's over here. Good with sweat. I need a veteran and and a rookie. Edge rusher. My first option is vet, and then for depth, I want a rookie. My two tackle positions, I got Milton Williams as my backup and Fletcher. I want to use a draft pick here, a later pick, fourth round. This is what teams are doing right now, okay? Hassan Reddick. I got nothing from Nolan Smith. I drafted him in the first round. I have to bring Nolan Smith back to compete for that job. I have to. He's the 30th pick in the draft. This is not college ball. You could just sit a scholarship kid and get another scholarship kid. This guy's a first round pick. You got to do this. You've put yourself in a position where you've got Reddick here and you've got Nolan Smith here. You have to do that. You you really, unless you move Reddick. Okay. I'll tell you something. You see what you see what Dave said? Smith is not an edge. If Smith can't play the position that Hassan Reddick plays, he has no position. He's not big enough to play end. He's not. He's got to play the position that Reddick plays. Outside linebacker. Because if he can't, he can't play. Um, You've got to replace that Cunningham. And I'm doing that with a veteran. And then I'm drafting a guy. My second option. I'm bringing someone in to compete with N'Kobe Dean, okay? But I want a veteran guy here because you know why? How he sucks at drafting linebackers. I don't trust him. So I'm going to go veteran again and then draft another guy. I've got to draft two linebackers in this draft, but I've got to bring in two veteran linebackers. You know why? I don't trust the guy. I'm hedging my bets. He hasn't drafted a linebacker in 20 years. Why in the world would we go, oh, no, he'll all of a sudden have an epiphany, and here he is this year. He's Mr. Linebacker you. Come on, man. So that's where I'm going there. Um. My safeties. I don't like a say. I don't like one safety on that team, including Reed Blankenship. I think he's okay. I think he's. You know what? 
If it were my defense, he'd be third. He'd be the third safety, not the fucking first safety. Here's your problem. If that's your best safety, you're 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 in trouble. Look, and I don't think he's horrible, but I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a starter. I think he's okay. Gets beat a ton of times. He gets turned around a shitload of times. He gets nicked up back there and tight ends on him. I don't know. I, yeah, again, I just don't think he has the wheels to hang out back there. He's not horrible. He's not off my team, but, I mean, you got to get another. Watch this. They suck at drafting veterans, or they suck at drafting guys at the safety position. So I got to get a vet. Then I'm going to take one of the safeties, draft picks, and I'm going to draft one. Now for the corners. Got a shitload of money tied up in these guys. And they're, and they're going to be essential to Vic Fangio's defense. If they can't cover, your defense is going to be in a world of trouble again. The essential part of these bend but don't break defenses are your corners. And your linebackers, why? Covering tight ends and covering the deep threat. They want the underthrow. They want the throwdown. They want the checkdown. That's who that defense is. That's what they are doing. Now, do you want to take some of your... Now, again, I don't think you can make... See, I see somebody say this. Why don't we trade for Sertan? You need too much help here. And here's what you're going to do. If you don't fix that defense and spend all of your resources this offseason on retooling that defense, you're going to waste that offensive side of the ball, and it won't matter how many people throw for how many yards or how many catches they catch, you'll still win seven games. Right now, your football team's a seven-win team. You know why? Your defense is horrible. There's not one redeeming quality on it. You don't have Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams, or people I can count on. The rest of them, Reddick. Okay. The Georgia kids got to get all of the Georgia kids have to get their asses in shape and their minds right. You're getting nothing out of them. Carter, the most. The rest of them, Okay. Shit, you can make the argument Fletcher Cox was your best defensive football player. At 36. Okay. What are you going to do at corner? Are you going to play hardball with these guys? Hey, look, James. We want you here. You're going to have to lie to the kid. You really don't. If you could get out and get out from under it, you would. Or do you eat the cap money? Can't eat the cap money because you don't have a lot of it. Remember, 18 million goes to the draft. You have 28. You have 10 to deal with. What cap room are you eating? Okay, so you've got to do some restructuring and keep the players. Give them money up front. Lower the salary. You're going to have to keep them guys. 
If you start playing dead cap with the cap space that you have, you won't be able to do anything except draft kids. And you'll be a five-win team because that's not going to rebuild that defense. You need veteran guys over there. You know, you know what you need? You need stopgap guys until you can develop some guys over there. Look at Slagger go, stop. We'll create at least 20 million in cap room. Really? You're still not going to have enough. Do you understand you got to replace nine players of the 11 if you want to be decent? You're not decent. You know, I hear these people talking about pie-in-the-sky bullshit, rainbows and butterflies and all that. Hey, you know, we'll bring this in. This guy will play here. This guy will do this. And you're like, stop talking like that. The only certainty is I saw you fall apart and you were one in six. Championship teams don't look like that at the end of the season where you completely fall to shit. Nobody falls down like that and gets back up and wins the Super Bowl. Unless you do a lot of hard work here. Shit hurts is being asked to do something different too this coming year. Going to be under center? Better work in them feet, son. Because you ain't got the best feet. (laughs) You know... You don't get back to that seven-step decent enough. You better work on that, which I think he will. You want to know why you had picks? Throwing off your back foot, horrible feet, all that. Go back and watch some of the 22. He's got terrible feet in the pocket this past season. Now you're going to go under center, not out of the shotgun? Good luck to you. Good luck to you, kid. Okay. So I wrote down a bunch of kids that I'm looking at free agency-wise and in the draft. And I'm going to name these kids here now. Uh, We'll do that at the top of the hour here. You have to look at the – you know, again, what are we doing at corner? You got to talk to James Bradbury like this. Okay, son, we're going to restructure your contract. We need to get that cap hit down and that dead cap money down. Um. We're not going to cut you if we do it. We're going to bring you back. Because the player is going to do you a solid. You, gotta, you, can't, you can't fuck the kid. Okay? And maybe Fangio puts him in a better position to succeed. Okay? You've got to at least experiment with it. With Slay, you, you, with Slay you've, got to, you've got to do the same thing. By the way, congratulations to Darius Slay. He's been named to the Pro Bowl. For a sixth time. And Hertz went too, by the way. That's really great on a resume. It really is. On your legacy resume, having it, Jalen Hurts being on that Pro Bowl for a third year in a row, I don't care if it's honorable mention or alternate. You're on a Pro Bowl list, and you're doing it now for a couple years in a row. Kudos to Jalen. Okay, there's a lot of guys that don't have that many already. That's pretty good. It is. It's a testament to his hard work. And Slay's got his sixth. Slay's starting to get up in the conversation where, hey, tell you what, six Pro Bowls? It's pretty good for a corner in this league today that you had that many. And some go, yeah, well, Silsey was an alternate because guys are playing in it. I don't give a shit what you think that means. You're on a Pro Bowl. No one's going to remember in seven years that you took the place of somebody with the Niners. Nobody gives a shit. Okay. 
Yeah, you know what? Someone goes like this. Jalen shouldn't be going. Do you know why Jalen is going to the Pro Bowl? Because the league respects him. Okay? That's a that's a respect addition to the Pro Bowl. Respect for his game and him. I I, I noticed this. Okay. I I noticed this. Make no mistake about it. That's what that was. It's pretty good. So again, if you're if you're Howie, you have to have a true conversation with the corners. And I would do this. I would get a veteran corner and I would draft a corner. Okay? To make it to the Pro Bowl after 19 turnovers speaks to how the league views him. Correct. He produced a ton, but just has to clean up the turnovers. It's a total respect addition to the team. It's a total respect. Media may not respect them. Players in the league do. People that are legitimate people who cover the league respect them. The league respects Hurts now? Okay. Why wouldn't you? Hey, what has he done? Maybe fell apart a little bit at the end? I don't know. I I, I think sometimes my criticism of Jalen Hurts, it's not personal. It's not personal. I'm talking about his persona here. That has nothing to do with his game or what kind of style he plays. You can't you can't combine them all. You you just can't. Hurts is where he is because of his shit inside of him. Not because of his blazing ability. Okay? And, and, and by the way, people will go like this. Dan, well, you're saying he's not a talented guy. No, I'm saying he's like Tom Brady in a way where Brady's not the most athletic guy on the planet. Not real fast. Ran a 4-7-40. Had the body of Vicabod Crane when he was at the Combines. Fat, pudgy, no chest. And that guy won seven Super Bowls. Have you ever seen that pre-draft picture of him? That guy's the greatest player in the history of the league. Take a look at that picture and go, that does not look like an NFL guy. That guy looks like a bar bum. Okay? That's somebody you see at a bar who's drunk with his shirt off and looks like a bum. Okay? I mean, that's the greatest player of all time? I'll tell you what. How about this one here, Tone? <laughs> Ichabod Crane. <laughs> hey, how about this one here? Put Cam Newton in a room with no clothes on and then put Brady in the room with no clothes on. Tell me who you think the better athlete is. <laughs> You're going to go like this. Okay, Cam, that right there is what an athlete looks like. Because if you've ever stood next to Cam Newton, and I have, that that dude is like Reggie White. He's like 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, and he's carved out of a steak. 
Okay. I mean, the dude's carved out of a steak. And there's a kebab crane sitting over there. Oh, fat pudgy Brady with seven Super Bowls. And then you look over at Cam and go, I don't know where I, why am I not getting this? <laughs> hey, why, why am I not getting this? Okay, why, why am I not getting this? See, in the NFL, you don't have to look like that. Dude, that's right. Tones like this, car, uh, Cam was carved out of a water buffalo. Freak. Dude, he was. You, hey, when I saw Cam Newton walking towards me in New Orleans for the Super Bowl years ago, I was like, what defensive player is that? And I, 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 I'm trying to think who was sitting. I think it was um, – Oh, uh, who was that? We had, One of the guys from NBC came over and he was sitting there. He goes, that's, that's Cam Newton. And I'm like, that's Cam Newton? Holy cow. The more he walked up on you, you were like, this guy, I can't believe people got him down on the ground. What a freak of nature that guy was. Okay. I'm going to build your football defense back up for you here. We're going to do that. I've got names to do it with. And we're going to build your defensive football team back up. We're going to create a draft board for Howie. We're going to help them out. You know they watch the show. We're going to help them. And it's called the production draft chart. There's only one of a kind. And I was taught this by Jimmy. Coach Johnson is the creator that this draft chart that's still used today in pretty much every single NFL front office. Value. Versus price. That's got to be how you build this. Cap space, talent, draft equity. Okay? All right. All right, folks, don't forget the 2024 calendars are out. 100 bucks and coupons are inside. If you don't want to go into any of the locations there with Hooters, man, great, folks. Hooters2go.com, they're an app. NortheastHooters.com, that's NortheastHooters.com. Don't forget, Tuesdays, you buy 10 wings, get 10 free. Kids eat for free on Saturday. 1983 Wing Wednesdays. That's northeasttutors.com. That's northeasttutors.com. When you roll in, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Football show. Our friend Tone will join us at the bottom of the hour and former rookie of the year in the National Football League defensively. Part of the broadcast team for the Kansas City Chiefs. Bill Moss will join us at 4:30 Eastern time. We'll talk a little Chiefs. Andy Reid as Andy goes for another Super Bowl championship. By the way, Joe Montana has officially become, in my eyes, the greatest quarterback in the history of the National Football League, and that includes Tom Brady. I just learned something today. Joe Montana sells to the state of California 22% of its legal weed to consumers in the state of California. Joe, you are not only the goat of Super Bowls, but now you're selling marijuana and legal marijuana, and you have 20% of the market on selling weed that's legal in the state of California, what an absolute goat. I mean, the greatest quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks in Super Bowl play, is now selling to the state of California 22% of its legal weed. You talk about a goat status. <laughs> Here's Tone. Joe is officially my ganja goat. I had no idea. I didn't know until I saw it today. 22% of the legal marijuana sold in California. What's the name of the place? It's called Nabis, N-A-B-I-S. Joe gave him an equity investment at the beginning of the company, and now he's selling 22% of the legal weed to the state of California that goes to all the dispensaries. Dear, dear Joe, I have a picture of me sacking you. Thank you very much. Um, it's really awesome. And now you've officially ascended to heights I never thought that I would ever say. You're absolutely the best. By the way, I do post that picture every now and then. Big Seal Sack in Montana. Okay. It's pretty dope. Oh, and for some of you, if you would like me to show it, I will. <laughs> 
How you doing? All right. So let's get to building this thing. Um, let's get to building this defense up. And I'm going to go free agency and at the same time, draft. Let's start at the defensive line. And you'll have 28 million. Not really. You'll have 10. And I'll agree with some of you in there. They'll restructure to get probably around 20 in cap space. So you're not shopping at the big boy store, which means as an edge rushing depth, you're not getting Josh Allen. That's not happening. Okay. His 19 sacks, you're not in that ballpark. You're probably not with the third rank guy. Brian Burns edge, you're not there either. You're not you're not paying him 20 million. That's unless you move Reddick. Okay. Reddick's the key to this. If you move Reddick, you can play in that game with an edge. Okay, if you moving Reddick, you free some of that money up. Then now we're talking about playing in the Josh Allen sweepstakes. You, you just can't go, well, let me have Reddick and Allen. That's not going to happen. That's not how balancing your salary cap works. Now, you could slide down to the kid Hunter up in Minnesota. He's a seventh edge rusher. He's a good football player. That kid Hunter can play. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's in his mid-20s also. Okay. Hunter's not bad. So I think you're kind of more in this ballpark here. Or you can do this. So Hunter is a guy to think about. Or the ninth ranked rookie is Dallas Turner. Edge. Jared Verse, the kid from FSU, is the 15th. He's in your ballpark in the draft. That means you'd have to draft probably the kid Verse in the first round if you're going to take him. I think this draft is kind of deep at corner. Okay? I think this is this draft is kind of deep at corner this year. I think you can get a really good cornerback in the second, third round in this upcoming draft. They got a lot of high grades on these guys. Okay? Um, Braylon Trice, the kid from Washington had a sensational year. You know, he kind of, he's a cheap man's version of Aiden Hutchinson. Would you like to have Aiden Hutchinson as one of your edge rushers replacing Brandon Graham? Okay. He's a guy and he's ranked 24th. Johan Ellis, kids ranked 52nd. He's an edge Utah. Now you can start talking about getting him in the second round and use your first round for a corner. That's somebody to look at. Something like that. 
I don't mind the kid King also from F from uh, Penn State. He's not bad. So you're going to spend money on Daniel Hunter or are you going to stand pat with Hassan Reddick? I mean, now Daniel Hunter is an edge guy, so that's replacing more of uh, Brandon Graham. Would I like have uh, Hunter? Because he's not very good at drafting edges. What edge guys he drafted in the last 15 years? What 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 edge rusher have you drafted in 15 years that was worth a shit? Josh Sweat, ladder rounds. Okay. Who else? Oh, he's 31. It's a little old. Little old. I'm not paying him a ton of money. That's a little old. 31, 32. No, I'm, that's that I, I'm not I'm looking to, I'm looking to sustain some success here. 31's too old for me. So, you know what? Hey, sometimes you may talk yourself back into Brandon Graham coming back. If there's not a better option out there. So do you go in the draft then and draft a kid and hope the kid can play for you right out of the gate, which you haven't had success doing? See, here lies the problem. You don't have the money and nor do you have the experience in drafting edge rushers. So what do you do? He, you know, and then how he likes to go in September and try to retool his team when you've got to start doing this in three weeks. So you got to make a decision here. Remember, you build your team. First, you got to look at the salary cap, your money. You could talk yourself back into Brandon Graham here. But you got to do something. Are you going to draft a guy you're not good at drafting edge rushers? Or are you going to bring a veteran guy in? What are you going to do? Are you going to put a stopgap guy in there? You need to replace an edge. Okay? You need to replace a guy. Hey, Slagger, when's the last time Trent Cole played? How he still has faith in Nolan Smith? I, I sure hope so, because again, that'll be another whiff. That's another whiff. Hurt says only need a Mike linebacker. You're out of your mind. That defense is horseshit. Horseshit. There's not one redeeming quality about that defense that's worth the shit. Hurt says, put Nolan Smith at 232 on the line. Get murdered. By the way, he couldn't see the field. So you've got a dilemma there at end that you're going to have to figure out. You're going to spend money? Or are you going to take another shot at drafting, which you're horrible at? I think you have to draft there because you don't have the money. And Hunter's 31. And are you going to really pay for Brian Burns? And Josh, those guys are going to command north of $20 million. You can't, you're not going to pay that. You're just not going to pay it. So you're going to go into the draft and most likely go like this. Rookie, rookie. You're going to probably start the season either that or with a B student as a starter and um, a rookie behind him. For fans, you to take the job, you have to think he can 
work with Nolan. He was in the building when they drafted him. Who says he liked him? Who says he liked him? That doesn't mean he signed off on him. What, are you suggesting that Nick Vic Fangio hasn't had whiffs in the draft as well? Um, okay, let's go to defensive tackle now. You want to save $10 million? Dump Fletcher Cox. Can you afford to dump Fletcher? I don't know. That's not, be, that's not something I'm rushing to do. Okay? He was the only reliable tackle I had. Him and Milton. So I'm not so sure I'm in a rush to do that. Okay? I, I don't know. I thought Milton Williams had a better year than Jordan Davis. Okay? Just because a guy takes a job doesn't mean he likes every player on the roster. What the hell are people talking about? I, I know. It's... it's Correct. That this is why I said, Tone, not everyone's gonna get this conversation because they don't know what we're talking about if you don't understand how to build a defense and build through with money and build a roster up. There's there's money, length of contract, how old is the guy, how productive is the guy? Does he fit in a 34-43? Is he coachable? What kind of production has he had in his life? What kind of injuries historically does he have? Has he been a good listener? Does he retain the intel that's given to him immediately? The number one thing, when you have OTAs, just so you know, organized team activities, or you have mini camps, do you know what coaches do in those, in those camps? They'll give you 300 plays. And do you know what they'll do? The next day, they'll come back, and they'll ask you to run those defenses. You know what they're doing? They want to see how much of the installment that you retain. How fast do you pick up the techniques? How fast do you understand the nuances of a three technique, two technique, one technique, zero technique? Do you slide? Are we going to go to wide nine when we have slot situation or we're on the short side of the field? They overload you with all kinds of information to see how much you retain. And the ones that retain a lot are the ones they'd like to go forward with. That doesn't always necessarily mean they're first rounders. You know, I I heard Tone talking about TJ Edwards. Can I tell you one of the issues that I think to Kobe Dean, I think he struggled with processing the information. TJ Edwards was put right in there. He got the technique. He knew how to fill and plug. He knew how to do all the things on techniques and shades. He knew how to play the triangle because he retained all that information. I don't think Nicobe Dean really retained the playbook that well. False steps. I saw numerous false steps. And when you have a false step at that size, you're going to get murdered. There's people stepping on your feet. You're playing from behind and you're chasing. Okay. It's, it, it's, you don't really have to watch much to know if a guy knows what he's doing. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Jacoby Dean's an engineer. He's a brainiac. Well, he may be a brainiac in a, in a science dress coat or in a 
Bunsen burner lab. But on the football field, that's a whole different type of smarts. Well, Sills, this guy here knows molecular engineering. Can he read a cover two defense? <laughs> that's all I give a shit about. Well, no, you know, he's this guy here. This guy can this guy can tell time in London and in Stad. <laughs> yeah, okay, guy. You guys are all telling me, oh, don't worry about it. He's smart. He'll pick it all up. Yeah, okay. What about the little guys, the shrimp? Okay. Philadelphia, $50. How you doing? Okay. So do I need some more depth at tackle? I'd like to have a veteran guy in there, not an expensive guy. I'd like to have another veteran dude in there that I could plug in there. Like Sue and Linville Joseph, man, were perfect for what I would want on my defense. Just to put a guy in there, 10-year guy, show those other kids what to do. I'd like to have that. You know, something like that. Um, you're Mike linebacker. Okay. Here. Free agents. Patrick queen. That's going to cost you money. I don't think you can play in that ballpark. He'd be perfect. He wants to stay in Baltimore, but Hey, Everybody wants to stay somewhere until the, all of a sudden somebody comes calling and says, yeah, I'll pay $5 million more. Okay. And, and it starts to change the conversation a little bit. You want to pay me five years more per year? Yeah. Okay. I think he's going to be too expensive for you. Or for Howie. Even though they spent $100 million on Roquan Smith. You know what? It wouldn't surprise me if the Ravens bring him back and pay him the money. You know why? They know the importance of linebacker play. There was no coincidence that two set, the two best set of linebackers in the NFL were in San Francisco and in Baltimore, in both conference title games. There's no coincidence. Um. Blake Cashman, Houston. Have you seen this kid play? This kid's a pretty good ball player. Played with uh, D'Amico Ryans this year. That defense completely turned around, and I thought he was a good football player on that defense. I think that kid Cashman could play. Drew Tranquil, who's on the Kansas City team, is going to be a free agent. He can play, too. Played in Spagnola's defense. He's been in a championship setting. I don't know. And plus, you weaken him if you sign him. Now, again, Jordan Hicks, Minnesota. I didn't think he was horrible. But that's kind of in your ballpark. There are the Cashmans, the Tranquils, and the Hickses. Okay? See, to me, the kid Cashman kind of reminds me of a better T.J. Edwards. Smart. Knows defense. You can see the way he doesn't have false steps. Okay. That's going to cost you, though, about seven and a half million bucks. Maybe to 10 million. How we make that investment? 
Or will he do the dumb thing again and do the worst thing? Personally, Howie Roseman can't draft linebackers, and I don't want him to. Now, if you want to draft guys in the latter rounds to take a shot at it, okay. But you need people that can play today. If you if you guys think your Super Bowl window's open, it ain't with that defense and the personnel you have on it. You got to replace both them backers. The Kobe Dean is not going to lead you to a Super Bowl. He's a special teams guy at best. That's all he'll be. Okay? That's all he's going to be. So get that. Hey, and by the way, you know why I'm starting there? Because that's all he's shown me so far. Well, so he hasn't been able. I don't. Okay. All that's true. He hasn't been on the field. What do you want me to do? Blow his stats up and his value up because you like the player because you took him in the third? That's the mistake the Eagles make. Tell me who he is now. He's an underachieving linebacker who gets hurt a lot. That's who he is. You guys talk about what you think he can be. That's not going to help you win games. That's your problem. You were forecasting and overvaluing your players a year ago. And then you got the return investment and you saw the bill at the end. You owed money back to the IRS. Year before that, they owed you money. This year, you owe them money. You got a bill here. Okay? At Jordan Hicks, again, coming back, the kid went back to Seattle. Uh, Bobby Wagner. I don't care about any of that. I'm looking for players. I, I get you're not making a big deal. I get it. He's 31, 32. Well, some of these guys are going to be stopgap guys. Some of these guys, like Hicks is a stopgap guy. Tranquil's not. Okay? You, you're under the impression that you have a ton of money to use. Devin Bush, you're not paying $20 million, man. Play in your ballpark. Play. Can you, can you believe some of the comments that you see people saying, some of these big, giant, free agent names? That's not the ballpark you play in. You don't play in that ballpark. Stop acting like you spend money like you have no bill due at the end of the dinner. You have no... You, you don't do that. Okay? Well, let's get this guy here, Devin Bush. So you think really guy's going to pay $20 million for a guy that got beat out by a rookie? Come on, man. Okay. I love this kid, Edrin Cooper, this kid from AM. I would love the Eagles to draft him in the second round. That kid, Edrin Cooper, in my opinion, I think he's better than the kid from Clemson. I watched him play. He's a ball hawk. Runs to the ball, knocks guys out. He's intense. I think he's the best linebacker in the draft. I do, man. This Edgerin Cooper kid from Texas A&M, he is an attitude guy too. I love him. And to me, he's ranked the 37th 
Best player on the board. I dig this kid. Okay? I totally dig this kid. All right? And if you watched him play at A&M, I mean, he would, he, I don't know if he won the, the bed and Eric this year. I don't know. That kid's, the kid's great. It's a great looking talent. I would draft him. Okay. Howie, I would draft him. That kid, Peyton Wilson from NC State, is the other one that I watched this year. And those two guys have voted for like the All American teams. How will Carter perform next year in a new D? I think they're going to still play one gap technique. Okay. I love that kid, Peyton Wilson. You watched him at NC State. I thought he was sideline to sideline, did a great job in pass coverage, and he could cover tight ends. That kid, Cedric Gray from North Carolina, is also good. He's ranked number 91. Now, these are guys that I've seen that can play. When Howie goes off the reservation, now, again, going off the reservation for a Georgia kid is not really going off the reservation because you're assuming the kid's playing in a high-quality program, and he is, and he was a player. But then you got to start looking at NFL size. Is he see when you look at Nicobe Dean, you know what I see? I see Denzel Perriman. Denzel Perriman's 5'9. He's 210 tops. When you look at Denzel Perriman, you go, holy cow, man. He he's smaller than McCaffrey. And he's played 14 years. Or I think he's played 10. So it can happen. The kid from ND, he's he's a good-looking player too. Okay? There's a little bit better defensive players at Notre Dame over the last couple years because really not a lot of superstar defensive players. The kid Kyle Hamilton, sensational. All right, let's bring Tone in here. Big Sills, how are we feeling, sir? How you doing, my friend? Doing well. Doing well. So we're going to continue what we're doing here with you. And first, we'll walk backwards a little bit. And we'll talk about the ends here in a second, bud. Right. Tone, just curious. You think there's a Super Bowl window right now for the Eagles? No. Um, The fact of the matter is uh, you have no window if you can't stop anybody. Right? (laughs) You know, it's it's, it's pretty straightforward to me. Um, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this team. I watch this team from beginning to end, week one up until now. Uh, paying attention to how they play, the intensity they play with, uh, the intentionality. That team is missing something. And that something um, that they're missing is preventing them from being able to be considered true contenders. Me and Ro- uh, Rob and I did a, a little bit of an NFC ranking. Um, we ranked the, 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 the top teams in the NFC, and we questioned, are the Philadelphia Eagles still considered a top team in the NFC? And as of right now, uh, Rob has them ranked sixth in the NFC, and I have them ranked seventh. So – that's not Super Bowl contender quality, if you ask me. Um, and I think Rob and I were being pretty generous about the conversation. Um, they had to fix that defense. You have no defense. They have no deep Philadelphia. They have no defense. Why they do people the, they, try to dress up a pig in your town? <sighs> I mean, you're dressing up a pile of shit. 
I'm trying. So by saying this pile of shit doesn't stink, but this one does, and we're gonna go forward with this, and you're like, there's still two piles of shit. Love is love is a hell of a drug, right? It can heal you, and you can OD on it. And um, people in Philadelphia love their Philadelphia Eagles so much. Now, keep it, keep being honest with you. I know a lot of Eagles fans who are very honest with themselves. Very honest. Oh, yeah. So, no, no. There's a um, ton of those, too. I get it. But, yeah. but, but overall, uh, I'll I, I put it like this, right? I think I think Eagles fans know exactly what's wrong with this team, but only they can have the conversation. If if if, if they if they feel like you're going too hard or if you're not for them, then they don't want to hear what you have to say. It's almost like, yeah, we so can talk about it. being coached by Vic Fangio then because – they can't have the riot act read to them because you know why? Most people that you're talking about to me sound like Carson Wentz. Because listen, everything in, in, in my experience, in my experience, I've been working for J. Kibb since 2022, if I'm not mistaken. I think I got that right. In my experience, watching the games with as many people as I watched them with, you know, prior to working for J. Kibb, you know, watching the games with new people, all that kind of stuff. Everything that you have said about this team. I've heard people say in their living rooms, but they don't want to say that here because it's almost like you have a brother. He goes outside and someone talks about his shoes. They oh, watch your mouth. Don't talk about my brother. But then as soon as you get home, you look at your brother's shoes and say, those shoes are pretty ugly, ugly as hell. So it's like only we can talk about our own. I get it, Tone, but you know and what? That, I mean? and, that's, and that's the logic they have. But everything you said, and again, I'll repeat it. Everything that you have said about this team, I've heard. My dad say it. Neighbors say it. I've watched. I watched football with so many different people. You are not saying anything new under the sun. I mean, let me, but let because me, you're saying it, it hurts. You know what? Here, remember this. When it comes to football, I'll never be an outsider to any city. I'll tell you why. I'm not coming from your passion. I'm coming from in the locker room. Right. Talking to coach, and if I, imp- and if I implied, if, if I implied anything, no, 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 no. But some, some go. Well, you're not a Philadelphian. Well, you're not an NFL player, so you don't know what the fuck you're talking about either. There you're coming from your heart. I'm telling you what it is. So That's you can, you can, you can talk all that bullshit you want. You're the outsider. There's only sixteen hundred people that have ever. Pl- Ever played in the wait? What's the number? Twenty six thousand men have ever played in a hundred and ten years of NFL football. I'm one of them. Right, right, and then and then that's not even talking about the average length of a career. You Three know what years, I mean? by the way, that's my length. Right, you know, so it's like, I mean, so I was it, average. It, it's hard. Okay. Hey, you made it. To the, listen. When, when people try to say certain two things, two years about you, inactive, I'm like, one year active. I got three credited years in the NFL. That's the average. Think about what I just said. The yeah. average NFL career is three years. Okay, yeah, I'm like, average. Yeah. Hey, listen. Anybody that's made it to any professional level of anything, I don't care if it's overseas. I don't care if it's. I, I have. I have tremendous respect for you. But that's just me, though. Nonetless, this is more. Let, let's let's get yeah. back onto this here. Let's right. let me let me say this to you. That. Uh, and by the way, I love how you're just direct now because you're not going to take the bullshit any longer. In all your takes, I'm listening to you, and I love Rob, but I I like what you're doing because what you've done is now you te- fool me once, you ain't fooling me again until you fix this. And I heard you say something, and that's exactly where I'm at right now. 
I say this to people. Don't tell me what you think Dean may do or who he is. I'm telling you who he is right now. He's a guy who's hurt all the time, hasn't shown shit. As far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned, he's a special teams guy until his talent shows us otherwise. And people will go, well, you'll flip on that. No, I'm telling you who he is right today. now, today. Exactly. And if you want to forecast and be a genie or a guy rubbing a, a magic lamp and thinking that, hey, great, you could be the prediction guy. I'm telling you who this fucking guy is right now, and he's not reliable. That's fact. That's, That's fact. what he is. That's a fact. And I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, which uh, Philly team is the closest to winning a championship, right? And um, I think it's know, the Phillies. You know, um, Rob, Rob Actually, Peter. I probably think it's the Sixers because you have the best guy on the planet right now, but and here, there's only five guys needed, right. and it's Embiid. Right. For me, I said the Phillies because I know what that is. You know what I mean? I know what that is. They're bringing all the guys back. Um, I, I've seen what they're I, – I know what that is. They're bringing back the same coach. I know what that is. When I look at the Sixers, they have a new head coach. Okay. They, you know, we've never seen this roster make a push. They never got it a second round. I I don't know what they're, I don't know what that is. Uh, when I think about the Eagles, too many questions, too many what ifs, new, new, uh, new coaches. You, you got, you got to rebuild the defense, too many unknowns. So I can't, I can't say in my mind that the Eagles are the closest to winning a championship over the Phillies. When I can look at the Phillies and I can, I can bet on that stock. I've seen that stock. They're the Eagles, closer to not making the playoffs, the Eagles, and having a losing season than they are to the Super Bowl. Yes, yes. They're, they're, they're closer to that than a Super Bowl berth. And it's all because that defense is so correct, putrid. Putrid. Not yeah, bad, how about, not, how about not average, even, putrid. How about you even want to add this in? There's so many questions on that defensive side of the ball this offseason. I don't even know what it's going to look like by September, and that's a that's five months, four months from now. Exactly. Five months from now. I have Lord, no idea what it's going to look like. Lord knows Harry Roseman could trade people that we wouldn't even think about. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just like because that defense is so bad, I can't say what the Philadelphia Eagles ceiling is. How can I, how can I say that with a straight face? I know who they yeah. are today, and today they're a one-and-seven or one-and-six football team. Okay, let's do this. Let me let me go back. I'll I'll go backwards here because mm-hmm. I want to let me hear. I want to hear yours. I said this. So now you got to remember, you guys were talking about twenty eight million in cap space. Way well, team goes to drafts and draft picks. They'll probably restructure some contracts. You probably have around twenty something million to mess around with in free agency. Okay. So at your ends, I'm replacing. Now, look, and here's what I said earlier about Brandon Graham. I could talk myself back into him financially, okay, because of where I'm at financially mm-hmm. and my ability to draft at that position has not been a massive success. You've got to retool that team. Now, Fangio's bringing a lot of experienced guys in, so you, there's going to be a profile that they're going to look, Tone, at what kind of guy they're going to look at. Are they going to look in the draft? I think you've got to go with Brandon Graham's position, veteran and then rookie. Now, I threw the – look, you're not going to be – you're not going to be in the Josh Allen sweepstakes because that guy's going to command $25 million. Mm-hmm. So you're not in that mo- – you're not in that. 
even if you traded a one away, you don't you have more needs all over the building. So are you gonna go Hunter? He's 31. Is he a stopgap guy? I don't know. I mean, so I think get this after that. Now we're looking mm. at drafting. I don't know if they can get Hunter. Um he's 29. Uh I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at spot track right now. And they have they have his estimated annual salary um at 20 million. That's not never happened. Never happened. I think so. They gotta go draft. I think I like your idea of blending in the veteran with the uh with, yeah. with, the, with the draft pick. Now I'll say this, right? I wouldn't be opposed. Hear me out on this Eagles fans. I wouldn't be opposed to making a play for Chase Young. He's 24. He's only going to he's only going to command he's you get about better because the year after your injury is not your best year. The year exactly. after the year after is your better year. Listen to this. I don't think I don't think San Fran brings him back. No, they got too much money tied up on that D line already. Asked for too much. Chase Young right now because of that injury, the market has leverage over him. So yes. so in my opinion, I would make a play for a twenty four year old Chase Young, uh, former first round pick. His average, his estimated average annual salary is at thirteen million average at, at a one year deal. As of right now, Spotrek believes he's only going to be offered a one year prove it deal. Okay, I would I'm make in, that I'm play. In, how about this? I'm interested in this, that. Though. I'm in with him, and I'm I'm with the kid Ellis from Utah, who's the fifty second ranked prospect in the draft this coming coming April. So you put the kid, Johan Ellis, there. The kid was really outstanding. It was up for the outlet in Lombardi. He's a great-looking young player. Played for Kyle Winningham at Utah. You have him and Chase Young as your depth and your youth. Ah, uh, Jonah Ellis. Jonah team. Ellis. I see. 6'2", 246. Okay. And he's on a rookie deal. See, folks, okay. this is how you build teams here. Right. Just, no, gotta, I like that. I like that. See, see, Chase you're, Young and him. I like that. You're younger because here's the thing with or Chase someone Young. Like him. No, yeah, for sure, for sure. An- another guy, another guy that I think they should consider is uh the guy uh, Jerome Baker. He played for Miami. Yep. Jerome Baker. He's 27 years old. Um, I think he's coming off of the, if I'm not mistaken, let me make sure I got this right. Okay, so he had just signed an extension with Miami. And then, obviously, the, the extension is coming to an end. Yeah, it's coming to an end. Um, 27 years old. Uh, this past season, what did he do? He gave you uh, – mm, it was a down year for – he got hurt. But, but, but let me ask you this. I'm willing to roll the dice, though. With Vic? Vic may bring some of those guys from uh, down there. He's a his his agent is Drew Rosenhaus. He's not coming forget here. It. Yeah, forget it, forget it, forget it. That's forget not it. happening. He probably was one of the moles. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly <laughs> right. He's probably speaking to that right there. All right, so okay. Chase Young and some and a draft pick like that. The new coaches have input. Yes, I do believe because they're veteran guys. They're gonna what what assistant coaches will give the personnel department. They won't give them a name. They'll give him a profile. You know what I'm saying, Tone? Mm-hmm. Long, rangy, can cover tight ends. It's good against the run. It's really good in open space, open field tack. You know what I'm saying? They'll give mm-hmm. you like a profile of a guy. 
and it'll be up to the personnel department to fill that name in. All right. Are you bringing Reddick back? I've already been talking about him potentially being a trade bait this offseason, so um, I'm not. You know where the value is for him? It's his contract. What... Yes, yes, he's a, um he's an expiring he's contract. That's his value. He's an expiring contract. But well, here's the thing, though. Typically... Oh no, no, no! He's underpaid. He is. He, he's he is. Un... When when you have a guy that's got four years in a row of double digit sacks and he's like somewhere like 50 sacks in 4 years tone Yo, and he makes only 15 million listen to this Hassan Reddick so value. but listen to this though right his estimated average annual salary going forward on the open market they have him at 15.8 million I thought that's I think, what he makes now basically i think they're factoring in his age, and, and they're also factoring run. his limitations. He can't play the run. He can't, he can't play. cover tight ends. He's he can't cover tight ends. You can't drop him back. He's he's a pass rusher. He's a he's a pure pass rusher, and that's he's okay. But I think they're paying him on his one dimensional play. Right, pretty, he, that's pretty expensive for a one tool guy. Yeah. Yeah. So he may, maybe the money, maybe you're looking at it like this. I'll tell you what, man, wouldn't you like to have him if you're Pittsburgh on the other side of TJ Watt rushing the passer? Holy shit, that would be a freak show. Yeah. Or on the other side of Miles Garrett in Cleveland? Mm, that'd be insane. That'd be insane. So somebody, they're, what, what do you think you'd get for him? Threes? If I was to trade Hassan Reddick at this point at 29, you might get a. A low two, high three. What do you think? Yeah, sounds right. Because the money, look, it's the 15 that also intrigues me because it's not a backbreaker. Mm -hmm. And he's productive in multiples. You know what else, too, is intriguing to me? And it, it draws me to him. He's been in Arizona, Carolina, Philadelphia, and he's kicked the shit out of everybody no matter where he is. That's value right there. That, that's, that is, that's, and the money that you're not right. making. I mean, dude, he's got value and limitations. But like you said, what was that thing you were talking about the other day? Cost and benefit. Well, I'll tell you what, man. You know, his benefit outweighs the cost. Agreed. Agreed. So you get that pick for him and you get another quality. Now, is it worth a three, though, to take a rusher off my defense that we struggled in getting home? That's another thing you got to think about. Yeah, the biggest selling point. You're counting on Nolan Smith, and I'm not. That's another thing. When you do make that move, you're basically saying you trust somebody else to fill in that void. And I don't know if I have. I don't know if I have anybody on the, on the roster right now that I trust to fill that void. So the Eagles may be hanging over a barrel, depending on how they look this season, because um, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if Howie's are if Howie is already considered trading. Listen, in my opinion, there are two players on this roster that have probably the highest value right now, A.J. Brown and Hassan Reddick. Yes, and I think the only players that are untradeable right now are Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, Jordan Mulata, Lane, would, could, you couldn't because he's too yeah. old. Landon Jay, Dickerson, Jason, not trading Kelsey Landon Kidd, at all. not getting anything. Landon Dickerson not trading is him. a guy who has high value. Super high value, back-to-back -back um, Pro Bowls. I can't – Eagles don't trade on linemen. That's not what they do. Okay. And I do think that there's – I, I, like if you put Jalen Carter on the open market, you you would get – like 
if you went to a shitty team, they would make that move like the fourth pick mm-hmm. in a minute for him because there's no tackle coming out in the draft that's anything near that kid. Yeah, like, you know, what I'm trying to get people to understand is they the Eagles are going to have to make a tough decision that's going to make some fans upset. They need assets. And they like I don't I I think people are underestimating what how much they really need on that side of the ball. They need, they need a, a lot facelift. on defense. And if they if if they try to if they try to go about this tra- the, the traditional way without making any heavy moves, they're going to be rebuilding this defense in for, for for like the next 5 years. I'm going to compare your defense to somebody, you ready? They, they can fast Arizona track Cardinals. You're a little you're a, you're a tad bit better than the Arizona Cardinals. I can't definitively say that. Right. <laughs> I can't even I mean, say that with confidence. These folks are under the assumption that you're just going to have Vic Fangio come in and all of a sudden he's going to be the magic genie. That ain't happening here. Drew Locke had his way. Tyrod Taylor had his way. Baker Mayfield had his way. They have problems on that side of the ball. And there's going to be some – they couldn't stop they, – they, could, they, they couldn't stop somebody at a stoplight. No, <laughs> they couldn't stop. They, the, they, 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 they couldn't no stop shot. the garbage man. They couldn't, they couldn't stop the garbage man. That's why I'm sitting here listening to radio shows in Philly, and I hear people going, and I'm I'm with John Ritchie. I tell you, dude, you don't have one redeeming quality really on your defense right now. Stop making it and painting it up with if. You know what people do? Okay, when you use words like if and but and all that stuff, you know what that means. That means you have no shot at it happening. The odds of yet happening are nil. It's just how he digging his way out. You know, the problem becomes after a while, if I'm the owner, how many God dang times do we have to dig for gold when I just want to try to build stability here like San Francisco? San Francisco and Detroit are going to be good football teams for the next three years. Mm, I'm listen. I'm willing to say five. Okay, now about this. There's a better chance that the Eagles win seven games next year. I mean, because that, okay. because that defense so bad. Mike linebacker, what are you doing? Are you going to go? If okay, he's I want horrible at drafting linebackers. I, I want a veteran. At, okay, at, at Mike at the Mike, I want a veteran. Here, here, here's okay. Are you going to spend the money on Patrick Queen? Will I spend it, or do I think? They're no, no. Spend it? Okay, will they spend it? No, they're not going to spend it. Um, how about I Blake? Could, how about Blake Cashman? Blake Cashman. Um, is that Houston a, uh, Texans? Houston Texans. I thought he was great in that defense with D'Amico Ryan's. He was mm. a damn good leader in the middle of that football team. Wait, I thought he was a a, a Will or a Sam. I see. thought he was inside. Okay, wait. Did they play a, a? Did they play one of those sets where they have two middle, uh, two mics on the field? Yes. Okay, because I, yes. I, I know, I know, I know. Denzel Perriman was one of their inside linebackers yep. too. They were both inside. Okay, right got on. you, got you. Okay, all right. Um, I think they should. How about how about Drew Tranquil? <laughs> I like I, I like Drew Tranquil. <laughs> How about, City. how about the guy Oren Burks from San Fran? 
He was a four. He's a he's a former first. He's a former third round pick. Five uh, five year pro. He's um, playing behind Greenwell and um, Warner. That's true. He was drafted. Hey, he, wait. That's true. That don't mean shit. He was drafted by he was drafted by Green Bay. Uh, that to me is an asset tone. Someone goes like this: Well, the kid's playing behind Greenwell and Warner. Well, that doesn't mean he's right, not right, right. Good. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So I think, and look, um, he's been with San Fran for the past two years. Uh, played six seasons in the league. So he's twenty-seven. He's twenty-eight. He's 28. twenty-eight. Yep, his first season was twenty eighteen. Well, that's so an affordable a, guy. He's an affordable guy that has upside. He he he's played behind Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Law. Um played played with um D'Amico Ryans and Steve mm-hmm. Wilkes. Yep. He's fresh. He uh, he has a fresh body. Um he's been healthy throughout his he, he's been he's been completely healthy over the past Total three guy. over the past I'd three be seasons. Completely interested in that. And you know what you could probably pay him? You could probably pay him five million. He's not making more could. than a million and a half. He can't be. No, no, not at all. As of right now. As of right now, his average annual salary was well, his average annual salary was two point five million. You can probably Shit. get away. Pay, you could probably get away paying him three. three or you get away paying high, high three, four lows. Uh-huh. That's a see now. Now you're now, now we're that's talking the pool. about him, and then drafting a guy. And that's the part of roster building that intimidates people because they, if they don't know the name, if they can't make sense of it, they don't they don't look at the person. See, they didn't know who Gardner Johnson was. Oren Burks, that's somebody I'm willing to take a flyer on. Hey, because because of the defense he played in, who he played with, who he played behind. Correct. Something I'm, I'm willing to roll the dice that's there. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Me, me, me personally. You drafted kid Edrin Cooper, the kid from AM. Right. And you put that kid, he's 37th ranked kid, and he was a bitch last year. I and remember watching him play. And remember, San Fran battled some injuries on the defense side of the ball. So he had um Oren Burks, the linebacker I was telling you about, he's had some opportunities to start this year. He started that would four be games. a loss to them. Yes. The fact that he's been on the active roster for the past two years um shows that he's been good at his job. Obviously you play behind Fred Warner, you're not going to two start pro bowlers. But he's he's played behind two pro bowlers. He's been He's been their rotational linebacker for the past two seasons at inside at the inside linebacker. I'm I'm willing to take a look at him. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that. And he's and he's 28 years old. He's a veteran. He's a grown man. I ain't gonna worry about that kid shit. That guy there too for you for three years. Exactly. Until you get the kid Cooper developed. Yeah. Okay. You got to replace Cunningham. I don't. I don't give a shit what he had did. I'm not. I'm not really too high on. I'm look Cunningham. I say this to Rob all the time. You know, he was a six in a room full of fours. You know what I mean? So how, yeah. so how, you know, so how, so, so how pretty was he? You know what yeah. I mean? How, you know, how good was he? So that's, that, that's always my thing with him. So you know I'm what? Not really... I'm not going to get rid of him off my roster, but you know, I'll bring him into camp to compete, but I'm going to go like yeah. that. Me and Rob talked about this. Me and Rob were saying, if he ends up being my third linebacker, okay. Yeah. But that means I upgraded the position. That means I upgraded the position, but he can't and be my number one. You put Nicobe Dean in a room with some really good football players and some, some grown good men, yeah, veterans. We'll see if we get the best out of them. Maybe, maybe get this. Maybe the kid all of a sudden there's an epiphany and a light goes on. It sometimes it happens like that. Tone guy goes boom, and there he is. You're like, holy shit! So yeah, it helps that as well, and it covers that in case it doesn't go well. All and, right, and here's the thing. I know you. I know we mentioned Devin Bush briefly. 
But here's the thing, though. He Devin got beat Bush, out. He got yeah. He got beat out. He got beat out in um. He ain't getting twenty million. No hell no. He got beat out in uh in Pittsburgh, and then and then Seattle picked him up, um on a one year deal, one year three point. Uh, he had a one year deal worth three point five million, two point nine million guaranteed. So it had a bunch of incentives in there. He had a per a per game active bonus. Um, he was highly drafted, but um hasn't really panned out. I'm willing to I'm willing to see. But his his agent is Drew Rosenhaus. <laughs> Drew is everywhere, man. <laughs> yeah, but by the way, know this. Drew's not going to have an adversarial relationship with Howie. He yeah, does not have that. I know. That's not – you know what? He may have said something about the coordinator, but that doesn't necessarily mean – guarantee you that he was on the horn that morning talking to Howie going, hey, I want you to know this is what I meant. Because he's got number – he represents Slay too, you know. Mm, sure does. Okay, so you got to be careful in what you're doing here, especially when you got a negotiation coming up, possibly on restructuring that contract, and that's where I'm at now. What are you doing at corner? All right, at corner. Give me one second. So I want to look at the market real quick, see who's available. Here, corner. I got him. All right, so we have Nate. Oh uh, no, wait, that's the that's the draft picks. Here, hmm. here here's who we, who we have. We have Jalen Johnson, Chicago. We have Legarius Sneed, Kansas City. Mm -hmm. We got Stefan Gilmore, Kendall Fuller. Yeah, I didn't write the old dudes down. Right. Okay. Okay. So what's your? Oh, you're okay. You're trying to keep it within what twenty four? I'm trying to keep it, and I'm trying to keep the money decent. Okay. Okay. So again, now you're gonna. This is where you're gonna have to spend because what is that one thing you always say? High equity position. Yes. This is a corner. You're not getting. If you go cheap here, you'll get killed in the. You'll get killed in the fall. I think they need to draft a guy high. And I think they need to uh, make a move because I'm not sold on Avante Maddox either. Whoa, whoa, so, whoa, whoa! What are you doing with the thirty million? Wait, oh, oh, wait! You're talking about the um. You right, yeah. Right, right, before right, you get right, out there, Hoss, right, and right, buy right, your Jaguar. Right. What yeah, right. you got to worry right. about? Hey, you got to worry offload. about the broken down Jaguar. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. We got to offload before we can. We got to unload before we can. Yeah, reload. you got to unload your broken down Jag before you go get the shiny new one. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You know, listen, listen, this is fun. So you're right. You're absolutely right. We got to find a way. Okay. You brought it up earlier. A conversation needs to be had with Bradbury first. Harsh. Harsh conversation. Who's but, his agent? Let me double check this. I need to know who James Bradbury's agent is. But the bigger hit is Slay. That's true. Slay is the bigger hit. So Slay's me, coming off a I Pro guess, Bowl year. Slay's um, the bigger hit. And he's the older guy. Yeah, Slay Slay has a going into 2024, Slay has a 10.9 million dollar cap hit and James Bradbury has a 4.8 million dollar cap hit. Mm. It's, it, it's Now it's, Slay's the better a, player. Slay's the better player coming off a Pro Bowl year at 30 Going back to a Pro Bowl, yep. Yeah, yep, at at 33. Ooh. That may be the veteran that that we're talking about, right? And then you draft the guy. So what I would do, I'm drafting the guy, but before I even do that, I'm talking to Bradbury. Okay, his agent is Chris Coy out of Vanguard Sports Group. Okay, yep. Um, I'm talking guys. to him. I'm, I'm talking to him directly and say, "Look, we got we, we, we got to revamp this. We got to cut this up, defer it. Whatever we got to do." What's it's the incentive for me to do that? As the player? Yeah. I mean, he really doesn't have an incentive. Why am I helping you? Are you going to give me money up front? That's what they're going to have to do. They're going to so they're going to have to restructure it to the point where they give him something. 
Yeah, then, you got to do a slay deal yeah. of a year ago. It's kind of Give what me they a did. Bag with, of money, um, I'll lower the salary in the base. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like what they did with Kevin Byer too. They restructured it, gave him a lot of money up front, yep. so, so they can off him in the off season. Yep. Yep. Um, so they're gonna have to find a way to enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. By the way, like I'm that. cutting him. Oh, no, uh, I, what is I'm 400 cu- I'm, grand? I'm no, yeah, yeah. I'm cutting Kevin Byer. That's easy. I'm cutting him. I'm cutting him. But and James Bradbury. 400. If you can, okay, let me ask you this, right? Let's say you can get Bradbury to agree to restructure, right? Because I remember you, you mentioned it earlier. It's important to be very transparent and honest oh, in yeah. this process. This is where we are. Because. And by the way, I would yeah. tell him we're drafting a corner too. Right. I would tell him. I would say, I would say listen, the yeah. plan is to restructure. We're going to give you your money up front. We're going to lower the cap hit. We're going to draft a guy. We so this want is... you to come back under these particular circumstances. Correct. Correct. I'm willing. Listen, do you know what I'm willing to do? I'm willing to restructure, right? And if he says yes, okay, we restructure. Boom. Then I draft the guy. And then right before the trade deadline, I move him. And then I and then, and then I then I move in. Then I move in my um my corner that I drafted as my starter, and then, then, then he takes over for the rest of the year. What are you it's doing that, with Slay? I'm keeping Slay. I'm keeping Slay. I'm not moving Slay right now because what I want, my my perfect scenario is Darius Slay and a first-round quality young corner that we drafted. That's my perfect scenario. And then the second the second corner hopefully can be somebody that plays above their means, somebody that you maybe you drafted in a later round, that plays higher than when they were plays higher than their value. You know what I mean? Um, you, you're not going to have two first rounders at corner, right? One of those guys may be a first rounder. One of those no, guys here, may be here. Here, here's here's like some of the names, right? Um, Kalen King, Penn State, 28th ranked corner. 
or 28th ranked player on the board. Right. Um, so he's bottom of the first. You got another guy here, DJ James, 84th cornerback, Auburn, outstanding ball player. Somebody like that could be in the third round for you. Yeah. Kool Aid, uh, McKinstry. Yeah. Now, Kool Aid is going to be somewhere up in the like 20 around that. That's your first round pick if you want to yeah. go. If you want to go Cooper DeJean from Iowa or Kool Aid McKentry or the Kayleen King, those guys are going to be between 20 and 28. The Iowa, the. I like Kool-Aid. I mean, I think the kid can play. He's a I like good his size. Cover guy. 6'1", 195. Yep, he's a really good football player. Plus, yeah. remember something else, Tone. Look at those wide receivers in the Southeastern Conference he plays against. Mm-hmm. He's been playing against Devontae Smith in practice. He mm-hmm. was playing against all these guys. He's a four-year guy at Bama. He's been there the whole time when all those great players were at LSU also. Mm-hmm. He had to he had to play against he, he played had, against some of the best receivers in the United States. So James I'm Williams. intrigued by that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um ESPN has him as the 30, the 30th overall perfect. The 30th ranked prospect. That's, that's trade perfect. down, get another first a trade down, get another two or something, or a one for the next year, trade down and grab him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like it again. I like that size. 6'1, 195. I'm rolling with that. I like I like Kool-Aid. And he's fast. Very much so. Um, and again, you said something really key for me. The fact that he he played against some some competition that you can literally measure his skill set against. You know, I don't want to first round draft choice wide receivers, LSU, Georgia. He played it. Get this. That kid Kool-Aid played against George Pickens, Devontae Smith. He played against Jamison Williams. He's played against all these superstar guys that are in the NFL, and mm-hmm. he succeeded against them, and he's a first-team All-American. I mean, and he was coached by Saban, which means what? His assistant coaches were some of the best coaches on the planet. Mm-hmm. Those DB coaches, though, all those coaches down at Bama on that coaching staff, Tone, they ain't cheap. Yeah, there's some of these corners on the board that I don't, I'm not really a fan of the schools they were at. See, let me ask you this. See, this is why I don't like this kid. Um, like Cooper, Cooper DeJean from like Iowa. Cooper out of Iowa. Let me tell you why. First uh, off, name me a, a, a Big Ten corner that you go, like, is there a ton of them? And on top of that, what are their big wideouts outside of Ohio State and maybe Penn State um, that you look at? Like, I don't think Michigan has big-time wideouts. Yeah. I don't – I think – Ohio State's the machine of machines with wide receivers, but Penn State, Dotson, couple kids, there's really not a ton of wideouts. So my point is, who's he playing against? Yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> I look, they got Plus him as, named after a he's named after a mustard. I don't know. It's, they it's have so, him. They have him as the second ranked corner in the draft because of his speed. <sighs> He's a fast dude, dude. I won't think I will have to. I believe him. it. I believe oh. it. I believe hey, it. Hey, he puts him up and puts him down. Okay. <laughs> he does, man. He can put hey, him up. He hey, hey listen, him. you know what? It makes me think about what Travis Kelsey and uh Jason Kelsey were talking about. They were saying, um, and remember, this is a conversation they brought up. They were like, Have we ever really seen any good white corners? No. <laughs> so- Jason Seahorn. I'm never so, drafting a white corner. So I'm just like, hey, I don't 
I, I, no harm. I'm, I'm not drafting a white corner. I don't dude. mean no harm. People, that, hey, wait a minute, Tone. If that sounds awful, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm not, hey, Tone, are you drafting a white corner? Oh man, Tone, are you drafting? Watch this. That's why McCaffrey didn't get a run for the Heisman. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Hey, you want to know? Hey, you want to know why McCaffrey didn't get a run for the Heisman? You were like this. Can I, hey, I got to tell you, Nolan Richardson. Sorry, let me tell you, Nolan Richardson. Sorry, you know who Nolan Richardson is. He was a head basketball coach at Arkansas. He won the national title. Okay. He's driving in his car, and he's hearing this. He goes, he went to UTEP, and he played for Coach Haskins, Don Haskins, the UTEP guys who won with the first five black guys at Cole Fieldhouse against Kentucky and shit, all that, right? So he played at the legendary UTEP with Don Haskins. And he goes like this. Yeah, I'm in my car. You know, UTEP's playing in New Mexico. Oh, no, New Mexico's playing Indiana State. And he goes, all I hear on the radio is, Bird to the corner. Bird makes a shot. Bird underneath pass. Bird behind the back pass. Bird. He goes, damn, that brother can play. <laughs> and he's in the car driving. And he this is at his Hall of Fame speech. And he goes like this, Tone. Everyone's laughing. Larry's in the stands. Magic's in the stands. And he goes, wait a minute. Wait a minute. When I got the newspaper the next day and I saw his picture, I went damn. <laughs> yo, this is funny. Like, like, listen, when Travis Kelsey, I went, damn. yo, seriously, seriously, when, when Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey brought that up on a podcast, I was like, yo, that's a wrestling, that's a good point. I've never seen a white quarter that Jason Seahorn's the only guy I could think of. You know what I'm saying? And look, they were two white guys that brought it up. So I was I was I was cracking up. This is like months hey, ago. Tone, you don't have to quantify that shit here. What's it's up, man? People get sensitive, man. People get people get sensitive. I know, man. These days, man. See, to me, that's funny. That's funny as hell. Because I'm is. like, because look, he's the number two ranked corner. That's and that's that's hilarious to me. Damn, he's got a brother's name and he's a white guy. That's what I'm saying. I hope yo, it's I, 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 I did. <laughs> I am not drafting that guy. <laughs> hey, no chance in he hell. He got dude. a brother's name, I, Cooper DeJong. I am not drafting that guy. No, yo, not if, a chance yo, in hell. Yo, what if he ends up being a Pro Bowler? I don't still won't. I don't want him in my huddle. <laughs> hey, no way, man. Oh, my God. You're I, funny I, as hell, man. Hey, Seals, this guy's really a great player. You know, I don't want him on my roster. <laughs> That's funny as hell, man. He said he even, he said he even got a brother's name, Cooper DeJong. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that, hey, how about this? That's not no. at the first position. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Uh, Hey, that's, man. that's fine. Hey, I'm having too much fun right corner? now. I'm having too much fun, man. You see that white uh, corner? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right. Do you like Reed Blankenship? I always struggle with this because I do like him, but I but but I think eyes, he's a dude. I like him, but my eyes tell me he has limitations. You know, he's not he's not fast enough. He doesn't for a guy that young. He doesn't have enough speed back there. He gets turned around. Tight ends have their way with him. Yeah. But I like him. Yeah. I like him in the box. Yeah. I, I, I like him close to the line of scrimmage. But when you got him, he, he's he's not a coverage safety. He's not. Hey, Tony's you know, he, white. Just just to put that up. <laughs> hey, listen, Harrison, listen, Harrison Smith may have something to say about that. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, Harrison, I know. I got Harrison it. Smith is le- Harrison Smith is legit. Please. Continue. <laughs> But you know, I like him in the box. You know, I don't. I, I, he's not a covered safety. He doesn't have the speed. Um, he's a little stiff at times. He tackles very well. You know what I mean? Um, he just doesn't have the cover skills I would like. He can't keep up with most tight ends. Um, 
he's a he's a smart player. Um, the fact that he's made it this far is tremendous, but he has limitations, and um, he's not a starting safety right now. He's not. He's a, but I want him on my team. I think I right. Think I, I I want him on the roster, yeah. but he's not a starter, at least not yet. Are you gonna go veteran here, or are you gonna go draft here? Are you gonna go Antonio Winfield, or is he too old? Oh, you Antoine Winfield is too expensive. Antoine Winfield is going to be expensive. Please tell me he's not twenty-five. Antoine Winfield is young, I would imagine, right? Is he? Uh, he's twenty. Yeah, he's twenty-five. Oh God! Antoine Winfield is going to get like eighteen million. Yep. What's, what's the market yep. value? For and him? guess what? I just, I just I just called it. His 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 uh market value right now is eighteen million per so year. So let me ask you this: Would you like Kyle Kyle Hamilton in your in your defense? I would love Antoine Winfield. Let me make that clear. Antoine Winfield Jr. is he is that Buccaneers defense like him like the, he How come made the hell that he defense. Doesn't pay on the heart of the defense except for the tackles. He doesn't play for the mic and the strong safety. Think about that. It's the heart of the defense up the middle of the defense. He'll he'll pay money for the tackles, but not the mic and not the free and not strong the safeties. Yeah. Why? I don't understand it. It weakens the middle of the field for you. And it, it has for three years. And it obviously has been the weakest part of your defense. It's been the weakest part of your defense. And how can you continuously ignore it? I have no idea why they continue to ignore it's it. It's got to be over. It's got to be the money. Okay, so it is, the, it is the money. It's always the money. But but why, though? Why that position? How about this? Go down to that Duggar guy from the Patriots. Kyle Duggar. Is that his name? He plays for the Patriots. They had a pretty good defense, dude. I mean, am I right when I say this? The Patriots were one of the first teams that held teams under 10 points and lost both games. This year, they had like two two games where they held two teams under 10 yeah, points. Because, yeah, because, yeah, because, yeah, because they couldn't score. <laughs> yeah. That kid's a good ball. Hey, you remember what I told you about Brandon Staley losing that side of the ball? Well, I'll tell you what. Bill Kyle Belichick Duger, yeah, didn't lose that side of the ball. At all. At all, they that defense showed up to play even when they had no offense. Um, Kyle Duggar, interesting. Okay, so 27 years old, second round pick. Hmm, I'll take a flyer on him. I would definitely take a flyer. He was a late bloomer, but I'll take I, I'll take a flyer on him. Take a look at Geno Stone, kid from Baltimore. He played in that secondary this past year with the Ravens and with Denard Wilson. By the Gino, way, by the I'm end of the day, Gino I won't Stone. be shocked if Denard Wilson's not the DC of the Packers. Okay, Geno Stone, his market value is seven point two million a year. That's definitely doable. Definitely doable. He's twenty four. Wow, he's only twenty four. I take that kid. He's a seventh round pick. I'm, I'll take a flyer on him. Seventh round pick doesn't make a ton of money. He's a veteran guy that played on one of the top defenses in the league. Yep. I'm going to take that kid and give that kid an opportunity to come here and up his market value. Then I'm going to turn around, Tone, take Ooh. the kid either Kitchens from Miami. Let me say this, though. This dude had – so in 2023, remind you, he's been, he's been fully healthy over the past three years. Um, over the past two years, he's, um, he's played in every single game. This year, he started he, – he, he played in 17 games, started in 11 games, Put up 951 total defensive snaps, which accounted for 87.4 percent of the defensive snaps. 66 tackles, 44 solo, 22 assisted, 
seven interceptions. How? He's going to make a lot of money. I don't. I'm surprised his market value was that low. I, I think it's. I think it's I'll because be he was. If the Ravens let him walk out the building. The Ravens aren't known for that. They're not, but they do got Kyle Hamilton back there. Who else do they have other than Geno so Stone? So you think they draft a kid to replace this kid? Well, well, I don't want to say that, but I think, I think he's a okay. He's a seventh round pick, so he shocked them. He completely went against yeah. the grain. Well, that seventh round pick, if you had so, to redo him, he's a first rounder. Yes, clearly, clearly, at least a, at at the very least a second. Yeah, but he's completely overvalued. He completely <clears throat> was undervalued in the draft. Right, he's going to get a big contract this year, and I don't know if the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be able to uh be able to do it. How much is he making right now? Uh, he is making a grand whopping total. So, wow. Okay, listen to this. He may be on his rookie deal. Um, I think he is currently on the rookie deal still. This is weird. Okay, so he was the seventh round pick. Okay, I think I get what it is. Okay, so he signed he signed the rookie deal in 2020. Um, a four year, three point four million dollar deal, right? Extension. And then they kept they kept tweaking his contract. I'm seeing I'm seeing restructures and extensions yeah. all over the place here. They kept adding um, a year. They kept adding a year on. He's 24 though, so I'm not understanding why they kept. Well, what's his base? As of right, okay, so in 2023, his base was one million dollars. Um, he and he had a he had a cap hit of 1.1 million and a dead cap hit of 750,000. Tony, um, I'm giving that guy six and a half million dollars to come play in Philadelphia. Yep, yep, and I'm giving him money up front. Yeah, I want I want his eyes to be bigger than anything else. Yeah, Tony, I'm, I I'm would him. pay him and then draft the kitchens from Miami. Yes, yes, or, I would pay him and then draft the guy, and then you still got Sidney Brown waiting and competing. I would definitely draft Geno Stone. I'm giving him what a three year deal. Think about what think- we just did here. We just retooled this football team with not a lot of money. Remember what I said in the first hour? I said this for the Eagles to be a Super Bowl contender again, they don't have to have the 2000 Ravens. They don't. They just have to be g- decent. Here's the thing Pete, like, you're right. You don't need all stars everywhere. What you need, you need players who know how to do their jobs at a competent level. Right. And then and then you sprinkle in your playmakers and your right. big, big money guys in there. But you need guys that play the game with intensity and that and that don't take plays off. You need guys in there who are accountable. These low you you can really build a team if you know how to spend your money. And use <clears throat> the, the and use your draft equity. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. You're, you're, you're playing for now, building for tomorrow. Correct. Okay. And if you don't have a ton of money, like, see, the Brandon Graham situation to me, you might want to be talked back into that and draft a kid, just keep the money low so that you can mm-hmm. address the linebacker and safety and corner position. Because remember something, Tone, if you start restructuring those corners, other positions are going to also have to take a bite out of the apple. So you've got to play. Remember, like, what was it last year? The, the Bears had $100 million or something like that or between like, two like lines, they, they, spent like, they, they spent like a hundred. Fucking do anything they wanted, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they spent a yeah, hundred million dollars on two linebackers. Like that's insane. 
Yeah, and like you're like, okay, well, you could have given the guy a hundred million. The guy is the guy. I mean, you could have kept him there. I mean, you had the guy, and you let him. That's walk what I'm saying. You you, you had the guy. You had the guy, right? Yeah, like you had your Fred Warner, and you go, well, you know, I don't want to pay him, so I'll pay two guys a hundred million versus one guy a hundred million. And I go, well, why would you not pay the best guy in the league that? Look, I, I would it's even, just, I would even sense. take a look at. No, I'm with you. I would even take a look at. Jaron Curse play for the Cowboys. Twenty nine years old. Give Hold him on, a two Tom. year deal. When you're you know, you know most of these guys in here, if they see or hear the word Cowboys, that's all of a sudden a, a a negative on rebuilding your team because he played for the enemy. Oh my god, <laughs> man! This is about this is about winning football games. I'm trying about winning I'm, football I'm trying, games, man. I'm trying to find players. That shit's like playing with GI Joes. Okay, <laughs> right. this is. This is about playing and winning games. This ain't about like hating someone else. You could do that shit on something. And by the way, you get a Dallas Cowboy on your team. You don't want to. You don't think he's gonna want a piece of their ass too. Yep. And also, let them walk J- out the building. You and, get guys Jaron, like that on your team. And Jaron Curse, you know, he's for the past for the past three seasons, he's paid. He, he's played seventy one percent of the snaps or more. You know, he's been he's been very active on that team. He gets he gets sacks, tackles, interceptions, forced fumbles. You know, he's active. So, and he's a former seventh round pick. So he's been playing above his, he's been playing above. He's Seth Joyner. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he's been in the league this long and his career earnings are only at 15.5 million is insane. Insane. Absolutely insane. By the way, I leave you with this. So Joe Montana sells 22% of the legal weed in the state of California. Yo. To all the dispensaries in the state of California. And. I used to think Brady was the goat. I'm sorry, dog. Uh, I'm Joe Montana so has now ascended back to being the greatest quarterback in NFL history. I'm so glad you said that because I you made you you made me look it up. What's the name of the company again? It's called NABIS. Yeah. I, so when you soon as you said that, I looked it up and I read the article right on and I found it on SF Gate. And yeah, that's the, that's yo, the chronicle. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I'm like. What? So apparently in 2019, uh, Montana's venture capital firm, Liquid Two Ventures, was an early investor in the weed startup um, Nabus, a cannabis distribution company founded by a pair of tech engineers. And today, Nabus has quietly become one of the most successful pot companies in California, selling hundreds of millions of dollars of weed. Um, Go, Joe! Go, Joe! (laughs) (laughs) Go, Joe! It says here, listen to this. (laughs) I'm about to blow your mind here. It says here, um, Montana's Montana's um, investing firm is a repeat investor in Nabus, increasing its stake in the company in the 2019 Series A round and the 2021 Series B round. The timing has been fruitful as Nabus has grown over 430% in the last three years. He's making two, three hundred million. Winning! (laughs) (laughs) This guy's selling... This guy's selling pot sticks. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, Yo. how would you? Hey, do, do, do you want orange ganja or do you want holy hell ganja? <laughs> He's a holy hell. <laughs> hey, listen, man. Now that I Joe Montana just became one of my favorite people, man. I will tell you that right now. Listen, no, no wonder. Listen, you ever noticed like Joe Montana? He doesn't really do too much TV, but no, whenever I, you now see I him, know why he doesn't have to. But, but, but listen, whenever you see him, he's super mellow. You know what my wife said? He was on NBC. It was terrible. But you know what she said? 
I go, he's not very good as a broadcaster. She goes like this. He's fucking Joe Montana guy. He just had four Super Bowls. He's four and zero. I mean, I mean, like, good point. He goes, you think he really? When I'm looking at him being a good broadcaster, he's fucking Joe Montana. <laughs> you ever just pay attention to him? He's super smooth, man. Super calm, yeah. super smooth dude, man. Just a the super... guy went to Notre Dame. Hey, did you hear what he said about the movie Rudy? No. So the guy asked him, you know, I always uh, was it Dan Patch? It was Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick asked me, he goes, you remember the, you remember a guy, Rudy? He goes like this, you know, man, that movie was really nice and all, but I got to tell you, I don't remember the kid. <laughs> Nobody took their jerseys off. And it, you should see their producers. They were like, oh my God, Joe is just killing one of my favorite. He goes, I don't remember this guy carrying him off the field. He goes, all I remember was kind of like a goof. He was a little goofy guy that was a walk-on guy who sucked and shit. And we used to make fun of him. And everyone in the, you should have seen the dance. They were going like, how could you talk about Rudy like that? And Joe Montana goes, oh, is this a thing? He, he goes, said, is this a thing? Dude, he blew the whole movie up. Yeah, just blew the whole. Whole movie. Like, you know, this is like Hoosiers and Rudy, you know, a guy comes in, he walks on, gets his one moment in the sun and Joe's like this. He shits on it and goes, I don't remember that guy. Hey, listen, that's like somebody coming out and shitting on Invincible. <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's. But the listen, pros. but listen, but listen. If you really dig deeper to that story, he he wasn't so invincible. No, <laughs> he no, no, wasn't no. so invincible. No, 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 no. I actually liked the guy too, Papali. Oh man, he signed a helmet for me over here. No, yeah, I got so, a lot of respect yeah. for him, man. He's a good guy. He is, He's man. Hey, guy. man. Hey, Tone. We're gonna get um, Bill Moss on, the former rookie of the year in the NFL. Works yes, with sir. Kansas Let's City do Chief. it, man. Let's do it. Let's take a time out here. I appreciate it, Tone. Thank you so much. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Part of the broadcast team for the Kansas City Chiefs as they get ready for another Super Bowl. Four and five years. And Mahomes is going for his third, which would tie Aikman, which is insane. Hey, by the way, just to show you, Gardner Minshew just made the Pro Bowl. Gardner Minshew is a Pro Bowler. Say it with me. I don't know why that just made me think lesser of the Pro Bowl. You know, he didn't play bad, man. He didn't. I should maybe put some more respect around it, but Gardner Minshew has been named to the Pro Bowl. Good night. (laughs) Gardner Minshew. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You tell me what what you your take is on the uh the Pro Bowl now when you're looking at that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see here. Let me text Bill here. Just to do a little producing here. It's all good. So let me let me go back to a conversation that's been picking up some steam. Um, in Philly, and you know what's funny? I I hear my guy Tone talking more and more about it, and I think he's trying to talk himself out of it. And I say this to you: the more and more I talk about it, the more and more I'm in line to trade AJ Brown this offseason. Can you do a restructure before you trade to get the cap number down to get the draft picks? Not to take the salary down, but to get the cap hit down. Can you restructure that? Can you defer that? I have a lot of work to do on defense and not a lot of money. And by the way, this also puts your organization in the question, Ray goes, please, Ray, then you don't believe in Jalen Hurts. 
If you don't believe that every person on that offense is tradable except your quarterback, you don't have a franchise quarterback. If you don't believe that that guy can carry you to the Super Bowl without a receiver, your offense doesn't run through A.J. Brown. It runs through Hurts. There lies your problem. Your offense in Baltimore runs through Lamar Jackson, Buffalo, Josh Allen. In Miami, Tyree Kill. In Philly, A.J. Brown. You obviously don't believe if that's the case. Okay? And see, look, you got people in here going like this. Never happened. Stupid. A.J. Brown right now. Get this. Kansas City traded away the best deep threat in the league. A Hall of Famer. They're going to two straight. So they're better without him. They're better without him. Okay? They're better without him. How's that possible? How's it possible Kansas City's better without him? Well, because you have a quarterback, right? How's Kansas City not better without Tyree? We're going to get Bill Moss in here in a second. Okay? They're better without him. How about this? They're more balanced without him. Can you at least say that to me? That's Kansas City, and look at their coach and quarterback. Oh, so you don't have the coach and quarterback. Got it. Why'd you pay him $50 million? San Francisco didn't have to pay their quarterback $50 million. They're in the Super Bowl. He makes less than a million dollars. I'll tell you something. Before I bring Bill Moss on here, Bill was so spectacular on Fox, too. When they had him and Millen on and all them guys, those guys were just so great. And Bill's a former rookie of the year in Kansas City and played on some of those really great teams back in the late 80s and 90s. And Kansas City's always been good. It comes with ownership, too, with the Hunt family. The community's sensational. It's one of the best places I've ever been to is Arrowhead. I think it's I think it's Lambeau and Arrowhead when you're talking about old school buildings. But what they're going through right now, even Bill's got to go, shit, this is the fourth Super Bowl in five years. And you, you lose Tyree Kill, and here you are better, and you're going back to a Super Bowl. Let's bring in our friend Bill Moss, former Rookie of the Year, works with the team. Bill, how shocked are you where Kansas City – where Kansas City is today, I mean, it's the fourth time they're going to this thing in five years. It's got to be more than what you thought Andy Reid was going to bring to the table. Dan, it's unbelievable. You know, it's it's at the level now of, of you know, haters, you know. Uh, there's there's a lot of people that just uh, are, are sick and tired of, of seeing uh, Kansas City. And it all has to do with 15. I'm just being honest with you. I mean, the guy is just, 
phenomenal as a player, uh, unprecedented on what he can do as a player in multiple different situations. I mean, you can't limit him to one thing. There's nothing that he can't do. But what he brings to the team and the mindset that just exudes from him, this whole entire team takes on his personality. He is as smart as a player as I think I've ever seen. Uh, when he speaks, when he speaks to the media, when he speaks to his teammates, he speaks like a coach, and and they respond to him. Uh, you know, and and I, I don't think it should be made light of either the fact that you mentioned Tyreek Hill leaving and the things that they've done. Well, everybody knows if they watch the Chiefs this year, they've had they've had issues at, at wide receiver position, um, but. That hasn't deterred this team from continuing to get better. And where they got better, and the unsung hero here is Brett Veach. He hit on all his young defensive players, uh, his young linebackers, his young secondary. I mean, these guys are really, really good. McDuffie and Sneed, I mean, they're, they might be the best combo in the NFL. And when you have young guys like that that can cover – in today's salary cap world, in today's NFL, where the money is spent on offense, they just don't have enough defenders out there to to cover all the people when you play the Chiefs. But the Chiefs have defenders, and I think that's been the big difference. Take me to Andy Reid now. Um, Bill, the stuff that people say in Philly about him, this yeah. is what they say. It was time to move on. They had been there 14 years. He didn't get the brass ring. They kind of underachieved. His two-minute play calling in the half and at the end of games was not the best. And it just didn't happen. And it ran out of gas. Now I'm looking at that saying, well, wait a minute. Now he's in Kansas City and he's got a dynasty going. And I'm like, the energy that guy has is like, I don't know, maybe it was Mahomes that rekindled that or something, but Give, give me your sense of what you see, because to me, I look at him as a play calling head coach like Bill Walsh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's who he is. I mean, the guy just loves football uh, and his time he spent with Lavelle Edwards at, at BYU. And and just he has he has a plethora of, of playbooks and notebooks going back through his high school years. I mean, the guy there's not an offense that's been run out there that he doesn't know and understand. And has ready to pull out and dust off, given any situation. Um, and he's always known, Andy's always known this. If I got a quarterback, I got a chance. And he went into Philadelphia and he, he found that he got a guy in the draft right away his first year that's going to give him a chance. He learned that by having Brett Favre. He learned it from Bill Walsh with having Joe Montana and Steve Young. If you got a quarterback, you got a chance. And if you got a guy that can run around and extend plays, you even have a better chance. And so every time – I remember talking to him one time, and he said, boy, I would have loved to have grabbed Jake Plummer, uh, you know, because of the things that he could have done. I think if Jake would ever had the chance to play under Andy, he would have had a different career uh, because the snake w- was was really something else. And and so every time he got a player – I don't know if it was Michael Vick or – or Donovan McNabb, or all the guys he went out and found and tried, he always had success with them, and he found ways to get the most out of them. And when he got McN- when when he got uh, uh, Mahomes, 
it's just like it rejuvenated him. He says, look, wow, I can do anything with this guy. And he molded him and shaped him uh, under Alex Smith. Alex Smith was another one of those guys uh, that, you know, athletic, move the pocket, do those things. And so he molded him on how to be a pro, and he's just taken this to a whole completely different level. So, you know, it's Andy's done a great job, but, you know, if it wasn't for 15, you know, I don't know how many dynasties would be there. How about this, Bill? I don't think you're a better team without Tyreek, but could it be possible Mahomes is a better quarterback? Yeah. Without oh, Tyreek yeah. Hill. Oh, yeah. And, and the coaches became better coaches, too. Look, they struggled this year thinking that they could do things like they've done in the past, the last three or four years. And it took them to about week 16 to figure out, you know what, we can't. We, 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 we've got it. Wrecked, you know, get the head to ship right. And so they looked in the mirror and they started doing things uncharacteristic of, of what they've done. And one of those things is run the football. And they got Isaiah Pacheco going. They started playing the field position game. They leaned on their defense a little bit more. All those things playing complementary team football, which was never the case in the last five years. Uh, it was all about offense and the defense, you know, if they were out there, fine. If they were, a speed bump in the road, fine. The offense was going to find a way to score more points. And that wasn't the case. And that's why this this defense over the last two years has really taken on its own personality and really lifted this team up and carried it this year. Bill, when I watch that kid Pacheco play, he's a late-round yeah. guy. I, I see the dude Natron means a little bit in that guy. The guy runs for contact. He runs like his hair's on fire. I mean, every time I watch him, of all the players on your football team and all the players on that Chiefs team, every time I watch him, he's better. I mean, he's getting better and better. What a mate. How important is he in the success of that football team moving the sticks? Well, yeah, I, I think that it's really helped out Patrick too. And, you know, when you can lean on that, you don't always have to play from behind the yard sticks. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot easier. And it takes a little bit of the burden off of his shoulders. And, it, and he likes it. He likes putting the burden on his shoulders, but this is helping a little bit more. And he's found a different way to play the game. And I think he's talked about this too here uh, just this past week about how, you know, it's taught him uh, how to look at things differently. And I think for the offense, for the guys that have been there, they, they've all had to take a, a different look and a different approach this year. I think that's a sign of a really great team when, you know, you're used to doing something a certain way and you adapt and adjust and you play to your strengths and, and you and you end up at the same place that you you wanted to be all along. And I think that's a tribute to, to everybody. But I got to tell you, you're right. When I see him play, it makes me get excited. Yeah, I, he does. I'm sitting there in the chair watching <laughs> the game. And the way he runs, it fires me up. I mean, have you ever had a competitive nature in you and you – and you can, you know, there's always one guy in the huddle or somebody yeah. that when times are tough, you know, you're, you're going to rally around. And you look at him and say, damn it, I can do it too. So, yeah, I love the way he plays the game. To me, it looks like that organization is insulated. And I mean it by this, Bill. Spagnola's not going anywhere. No. He's the play calling head coach, no matter what coordinator you bring in. Yeah. He's always going to be the assistant offensive coordinator. Because the main guys in the building, all these other teams get poached. Kansas yeah. City's not going to get poached as long as you have that. So I ask you about Andy Reid. You, how long do you see him doing this? I mean, 
is, is this going to just be one of these like Supreme Court justice seats where you die in office where he's just going to go until it's just not there for him any longer? Because I don't see the guy slowing down. I think yeah. he loves what he does. Yeah, he, he does. I mean, he's a coach. There's no doubt about that. I, I don't think he would know what to do if he wasn't doing this, to be honest with you. Uh, he's just one of those guys. And uh, that's not a bad thing. No. You find something you love to do and you're able to do it at a high level. It's great. But over the years, you know, his 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 staff has been picked apart. You know, a lot of these coaches have gone on and become head coaches in different places, whether what they had success. Been? Yeah, whether they had success or not, it, yep. you know, but they've gone on. They've moved on. Going back to his tree down in Philadelphia, um, there was a ton of those guys that went places. Ron Rivera, Marty Morningwig, Brad Children. John McDermott. Yeah, you can go on forever. So, uh, but with with Spags at his age and, and with Andy, I don't know, man. Maybe they just ride into the sunset together and take this thing as far as 15 will take them because, you know, he gives you the juice that you want. I mean, when if if he's in the locker room every day and you're, you go in there, don't you want to be a part of competing with him? Bill, doesn't he make you feel like, if, you know, I had Randy, Randy Cross on the other day. It must have felt like that, right? Right, Bill, when you're in a building, you're in a building there and you go like this. Well, shit, I got Montana. Right. I mean, I got Montana in the building. I know I can win every game I'm in. And I know that I'm going to be in the conversation for a Super Bowl. Doesn't he give you that juice? Oh, th- there's no question about it. I mean, there was a time during during the course of this year that, you know, I, I had talked about this team and the troubles they were having and where they're at. I mean, he's a player – that can make you actually get lazy. And I mean that as another player, and I mean that as coaches. When, when you're game planning, when you're playing, when you're out there, oh, heck, I mean, what, who, are we playing this, who are we playing this week? You know, It doesn't really matter. You got 15. And I, I, I think you can, you, can take, you can take a little time off here and there, and you can just sit back and relax knowing he's, he's got everything under control. And that's only human nature. That's nothing. That's nothing. Not saying anything bad about the guys. I, heck, if he was here, I'd lean on him too. I mean, most of everybody is. He's he's carrying this team, but uh, yeah. I, I, I as far as Andy goes, I think he can take this thing as long as he wants to. But I, if I were thinking, right, you got to be out of the league for five years to get into the Hall of Fame. So five years, what's he going to be? Seventy. Yeah, uh, he goes, he'll be a first ballot guy. I mean. At 70, you know, 71, do you, do you, are you enjoying it? Are you sitting back and relaxing and enjoying it? And, and if it's not, how long do you go? And, and I think he, if I were him, anyhow, I think I would have to have those real conversations with myself, with my health, where I'm at, and, and where I want to be. Do I want to sit back and enjoy it and say, like, you know, I had had a hell of a run after this Super Bowl. And, you know, I've got four here. I mean, if, uh, what do you want to do? What do you want to do, and how do you want to enjoy it? I think that has to be a real conversation. Two last questions for you, Bill. Um, you played in the league, and you played against him and knew him very well because of your connections with Pitt. Um, you think Mahomes has had the impact in the NFL that Marino did when Marino came onto the scene because nobody had seen a guy throw the ball 38 times with the accuracy of the downfield pass, the deep pass. Um, it just wasn't fashionable. We were in the league in a time when it was the league of the running backs. Now yeah. it's the league of the quarterbacks. If you had to make a guy who's had a bigger impact on the game 
and the ball being thrown down the field. Is it still Dan, or do you put him in that conversation too? You know, I I, I think it's hard to to always talk about one specific person for all time. I think and it's generational too. I guess. yeah, it is. Yeah, you have to do like by your error and. Dan's era transcended a long time, right? I mean, he was there for, you know, 30 years, right? It seems. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, right. And and the numbers he put up and the things he did at that time were just crazy. But what Patrick Mahomes done is crazy as well. I mean, his numbers, he's breaking everybody's numbers that have been in the league forever, and he's only 28 years old. Uh, so you have to think back, and you're right. Back then, it was a different game. I mean, Dan would get the dog knocked out of him, right? Yeah. I mean, you could hit quarterbacks, and he took a beating. He got knee surgery, it seemed, every offseason. Uh, but it was also a game where you ran the football a lot, and that's that's not the case now. It's a, it's a, it's a different game. It's an aerial game. I mean, everybody that's playing in the NFL now has grown up going to seven-on-seven seven tournaments. That's what they do. Every school has it from grade school on up. Every youth, that's what football is, seven-on-seven seven tournaments. They're more prepared coming in now. Absolutely, and that's what the game is about, defending the pass and running routes and throwing the football. So, I mean, that's that's the era that we're watching right now, and it's still exciting, but it's fun to watch the things that this kid is doing. And everything that comes up, he just it's just another little challenge for him, and he just checks them off. Finally here. Dude, I hate asking such a dopey-ass question. It's so dumb, and it's, you know, if I could go back to our old school days when you, me, Bukowski, and Duck hung out, I'd be using a different type of language here, but I won't. But, I mean, it's so dorky, okay? I mean, so I'm going to ask it. Do you give a shit about this whole Taylor Swift thing? Does it bug you at all? Is it just – because it seems like guys, some of our guys yeah. are like a little bit put off by it, and I'm like, if it brings more eyeballs to the game, I don't give a shit as long as nobody, it's not interfering with my meetings and my guys focus still. Kelsey's been playing great in the postseason. I mean, I don't know. How do you look at it? Well, to be honest with you, I've never been one to shy away from looking at a tall, attractive blonde. <laughs> and that's a fact. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. <laughs> I, really I said give her more airtime. answer. <laughs> I totally deserved that answer because some someone someone asked me, Chidi Ahanatu the other day, former Buccaneer goes, so yeah. how could you go for this? And I go, because I don't give a shit. I said, seriously, dude. I go, you know what I care about? I care about the defenders getting those chop blocks. I don't give a shit about some chick waving a banner in a booth yeah. that I, I mean, I, I think it brings more juice to the game and more juice to the fan base of the Chiefs. I think it makes them more movie stars. I mean, hey. Bill. 110 million people watch the AFC and NFC title games. We have 300 million people in this world. Right. I mean, in America, and 112 million people watch two football games. I mean, come on. Hey, I, you know, listen, I'm with you. I mean, I love watching the game. I love studying it. I love watching all the things that happened during the course of the game, analyzing it. I thoroughly enjoy it. But when they cut to those cheerleaders, I like that too. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. Throw a couple more up there. I, if you want to have a whole parade of them, me and Bill will sit there and watch yeah. them for you. <laughs> hey, wait. I'm going to leave you with one of the famous lines of all time. Buck got drafted to the Raiders in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> 
laugh about that. I miss that guy so much, man. What a great I dude. I, I think he made me laugh harder than anybody. Oh. And what you, you see, him around Fralick too. Fralick had no personality, right? And like you know, I mean, he had zero personality. And then when you put Buck around him, I don't know what it was. Fralick, I think that was the only guy that made him laugh. <laughs> it's true. He did. He had that way, man. He just couldn't help it. I miss you know, that guy. You know, Bill. I always tell you guys, you and you, you and your group were. It, that was Miami before Miami yeah, is yeah. when you guys had all those first rounders on that team because when you played at Pitt, Pitt was the preeminent East Coast school and one of the preeminent colleges in the country when you played there with Marino and them guys. When you didn't you have four years in a row, eleven and one? Close to that. On my last year, I think we were ten and two, but it was just so much fun. It was just a unique time where. We were all 18 years old, and we all show up, and it's just all of a sudden it's like, wow. And then five years later, we're all in Hawaii at the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Crazy. That's, yeah, all you guys, Fralick and you, Dolman. Holy right. cow, there were so many great football players off that team. Bill, it's always great reminiscing and catching up with one of my dear you friends. You know what I think of you. Bill, thank you so much, Thanks, man. Bill. Have a great Super Bowl. You too. Take care. You got it. Our good friend, Bill Moss former rookie of the year in the National Football League with the Kansas City Chiefs. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. friend Bill Moss came on we were talking about AJ Brown last two years 194 catches 2,952 yards and 18 touchdowns in two years that's an awful lot team wise 13 and oh no you were 14 3 and this year 11 and 6 so you're 25 and 9 you theoretically won 25 of 34 games with him on the team and you've got an NFC championship and one NFC East title has it been worth $40 million? Has it been worth $40 million? A.J. Brown for Patrick Sertain? Do that in a second. Has it has the forty million been worth it? As you watch your defense disintegrate. Yes, because he contributed to the development of the quarterback as well. Well, one year he did. One year he helped. Last year, I wouldn't call that a development year for Jalen Hurts. I would call that an inconsistent year. Not horrible. Inconsistent. (laughs) Right on, Tone. Signed, Barrett Brooks. Absolutely. See, in New England, when they had Brady, they never really had a superstar wide receiver at all, ever, when they were winning Super Bowls. There's really never been one up there. The quarterback was kind of like Brock Purdy at the beginning of his career. They never really had him. When they won Super Bowls, they've never had a top flight wideout for him. 
ever. And we've brought up the point that Green Bay's better without Devontae Adams. Kansas City's better without. Get this, Jordan Love is a better quarterback without Devontae Adams on the team? How's that possible? Jazz goes, they had Randy Moss. Randy Moss never won a Super Bowl in New England, guy. How many times do you guys have to be told that? He never won a Super Bowl in New England, ever. So, I mean, that's I said Super Bowl championship wide receiver. They've never had one. That was a superstar player where he was like, like one of the top guys in the league. I think it helps your quarterback spread the football out more. Isn't it funny you trade all those top flight wideouts and you got better everywhere across the board? I mean, Seattle has 2,000-yard receivers. Where are they going with him? Not really going anywhere with those guys. I think you've got to have and worry yourself more. We grow through this every time Moss did not <laughs> win a Super Bowl in New England. The Patriots never won a Super Bowl with a star wide receiver. Never ever. <laughs> Thank you, Tone. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you, man. I don't know how many times I got to tell them. They've never had a guy. I'm right. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm. We are squeezing the ball to AJ. You hear what Bill said about Mahomes? And by the way, Seals, you can't compare Jalen to Mahomes. Oh, okay. Okay. So Jalen has to have more people around him to win, like Purdy. Jalen Hurts is Brock Purdy then. Right? Right? Okay. Long's were, Long's were understanding that. See, I think Allen can win without Stefan Diggs. He does. And plus, remember, in the AFC, you got to go through Lamar, Burrow, and Mahomes. In the NFC, you go through Dak, now Purdy, Jared Goff. A little different. Hertz is a top two quarterback sales. Absolutely nothing close. He's not top 10. Maybe 10. Maybe 10. Maybe 10. Okay. Clearly had a top 15 season. Okay. But as a top 10 talent, probably 10th. Okay, his year, I could name you 15 quarterbacks that had better years. 14 quarterbacks had better years than him. Mahomes has one of the best tight ends ever, Twist says. And what else does he have? What else does he have? He doesn't have a receiver with a thousand yards and your guy has two. What are you talking about? He's got one of the best tight ends ever. Great. So do you. 
You have a top five tight end. And? What's your point? Sills, hear me out on this. I'm willing to take the risk of trading AJ to see if Jalen can elevate his game. You always say, if you, we need Brown, then we don't believe in Hurts. Well, guess what? I'm rolling with the quarterback. I would too. I, I, I Hey, Tone, I'm, I'm with you. I'm rolling. I'm going to roll with my quarterback because my quarterback's going to win me the Super Bowl. A.J. Brown's not. A.J. Brown's not going to win you the Super Bowl. Your quarterback is. That's the right tone, but that's a scary proposition, especially when you talk to dumbass Nimrod fans and they see the 3,000 yards in the eight, in almost 20 touchdowns and 200 catches and go, shit, I go, well, what did Antonio Brown give the Steelers all those numbers for six straight years? Devontae Adams gave the Packers those numbers for all those years. What did it get them? Nothing. You have an empty resume when it comes to championships. And by the way, Devontae Adams and LaFleur, think about this here for a second, what Tone's saying here. There's a better chance now that the Packers are more of a Super Bowl contending team moving forward if this guy continues to develop than when they had Rodgers and Devontae Adams. You know why? They won all those games like you guys did. The Aaron Rodgers team with Matt LaFleur, it resembled everything Philadelphia is. They were 13 and three, 13 and four, three years in a row, had home field advantage. And you know what they have to show for it? Nothing. They got rid of all those guys. That football team looks like it's a football team on the rise. The Eagles look like a football team that's going the other way. Like if you had a stock meter and you were talking about teams moving in great directions, Packers are moving in a great direction. The Eagles are not because of all the injury, because of all the issues you have when it comes to retooling your defense. Hurts is worth every penny, Sills. Well, you should find that out or not. Because last year he wasn't. Second in turnovers? Really nothing. Of course, it's a scary proposition. Hurts is my franchise, not AJ. Correct. That's been my point. People are trying to think that if you think Jalen Hurts needs AJ Brown to win a Super Bowl, you'll never win one. Hertz needs to be good enough to win with Smitty and a bunch of dudes. Right. Because you know why? Just like your coaches get poached, your players are going to have a constant turnover every year because of salary cap. And you've got to have a quarterback that can carry you through the good and bad. And if you don't, you won't win. That's what happens to teams that move up and down. Why you think, well, we need A.J. Brown and we can't move. Well, if... Dak Prescott, get this. Here's the thing that killed Dak Prescott this year. You know what killed Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott got killed over these last two years. Why? They don't have Mari Cooper on the team. My opinion, Mari Cooper is better than C.B. Lamb in that system. And he played better with him. Now, this year, C.D. had a great year. Let's see him do it again. 
I just know this. When Amari Cooper was on the field for Dak Prescott, it turned his career around. When they had Michael Gallup and these other fucking nobodies and they couldn't get the ball to CD, they were lost. Pollard's a good player. He ain't great. He's another guy that's relying on other things. You don't need a wide receiver. Mahomes doesn't. Brady never did. Peyton Manning is more like Jalen than you think. Two really great receivers, a running back, and a good old line. Peyton couldn't win without those guys. Are you under the impression Peyton Manning could take the Kansas City Chiefs team and win a Super Bowl? Never happened. He never has. He's always had top flight players around him. Like, get this. Think of this for a second. Here's the difference between Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Just to put it in a proper perspective for you. Reggie Wayne, Hall of Famer. He'll get there. Marvin Harrison, Hall of Famer. Dallas Clark, Pro Bowler. Edgerin James, Hall of Famer. Marshall Falk, Hall of Famer. Same offensive line for 10 years. Same offensive coordinator. And Tom Moore for 10 years. Had all those things working in his favor. And he had Tony Dungy, Hall of Famer. And Brady had Troy Brown, Deion Branch, Edelman, Welker, Amendola, and Chris Hogan. Those are the guys he won Super Bowls with. It's called carrying your team. Agreed. Burrow, too, is going to be another guy we're going to find out a ton about. Because you ain't paying Chase Young and T. Higgins. They're already looking at the back Joe Mixon and trying to do a restructuring of contract for him because I don't believe they're going to be able to keep. He's going to be the first casualty. We'll have to find out about Burrow can carry. Absolutely. Because Burrow, hey, Burrow, especially with his injury issues, the problem with Burrow is I see Joe Burrow as a spectacular talent. The problem with Burrow is durability. There's another guy. Okay. Great talent. Can you build a team around a guy who's missing football every year? I don't know. This guy's the modern day Joe Namath. Okay. Joe Burrow's turning into Joe Namath. Okay. I mean, every year. Namath got hurt after 69 when he won the Super Bowl against the Colts. He was hurt every year for the rest of his career and never really fulfilled his greatness because he was always injured. And I'm kind of seeing that a little bit here with Joe Burrow. Starting to get a little bit of uh, Joe Namath in him. Okay? That's what I said. After the 69 season, remember, Namath got hurt at Alabama in the North Carolina game. And he won a national championship at Bama his sophomore year. But he got hurt, I believe, either against Carolina or NC State in college. And he was never the same guy in the pros. Then he got hurt more. And Burrow, can you build a team around Joe Burrow knowing that he's going to miss some, he's going to miss games, 
We're going to find out about him. You know, here, here's the quarterbacks that I think can carry a football team in this league. I think um, the guy in Baltimore, Ken, the guy in Buffalo, the guy in Kansas City, I don't think Purdy can. I don't think Justin Herbert can. Now, we'll see what new coaching. I don't think Trevor Lawrence can. I don't think Jalen Hurts can. I don't think Dak Prescott can. Um, Justin Fields can't. There's very few. Do I think Aaron Rodgers can? Not now at 41. I don't. Maybe earlier. Not now. Okay. No, I, I don't think Brock Purdy, if he doesn't have Christian McCaffrey in that huddle, no, I do not think they could beat Kansas City. No, I don't. Okay? But, like I said, that running back Bush is pretty good up in Buffalo. He's, he, he's a good ball player. But he, I, I totally believe Josh Allen can win without, without Stephon Diggs. Get another guy in there. Get two guys in there that are decent versus one guy. And spread the ball out more. Here's my list of guys who have to prove they can carry a team. Herbert, Tua, Dak, Hertz, Burrow, Kyler, Purdy. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins can't carry a team. Uh, Baker Mayfield can't carry a team. Bryce Young can't. I'll tell you somebody who may be able to start to get into that list that can. I think this kid Stroud might. I don't know. You know, he turned that Nico Collins kid into a top flight wideout, man. I thought Nico was a good player, but that kid looks like a top 10 wide receiver now. I don't, I, do I think Matthew Stafford can? No, because he had Megatron in Detroit and he couldn't do shit with him. Okay. They, then, then again, Detroit had no running game. Okay. Yeah, man. I tell you what, he broke the mold of that Ohio State conversation. Because I'll tell you, C.J. Stroud, would it shock you if I said this to you, that C.J. Stroud could be the best quarterback? No, because Mahomes is there. He could be the second best quarterback in the AFC in three years. That means you'd have to be better than Allen, and you'd have to be better than Tua and Lamar. And Lamar's going to be a two-time MVP regular season. Wow. Shit. Man, the AFC has some really great quarterbacks. Man. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Josh Allen, in my if I had to rank my top five quarterbacks, it would be not based on one year either. It, it, it would be Mahomes, Josh Allen two, Burrow three. I, I I don't like Tua over Jalen. I I do not like Tua over him. I think he's limited. I do. I think he's limited. I wouldn't. I would not take Trevor Lawrence over Jalen. Would I take Matthew Stafford over Jalen? 
I would take Herbert over him. Now with Jim Harbaugh, yeah. I'll take him with Jim Harbaugh. But you know what? Before I do that, I want to see it. Let me see it. Let me see it. Let me let me see it before I do that. Okay? Let me cuz I don't think that's projecting and I don't want to I want to tell you who they are now. And Herbert loses too many games. So I I can't I can't do that. I want to see it. I know, man. Stafford throws such a sweet football, man. And he is so good. I mean, he's made Cooper Cup into that guy. Cooper Cup was not that guy prior to. And that's Jared Goff. I'll tell you, there's another guy in the NFL. Jared Goff has had a better career than his first couple of years, too. I mean, Jared Goff, you take him over Jalen. He's won more. I mean, he just has. Four years out of six, he's thrown for four grand. 30 touchdown a year guy. He's very underrated. He's a very underrated quarterback. Very underrated. All right. Hit the like button. Power out. We're gonna we're going to reset here a little bit on building the football team back up. Okay. And again, talking about Super Bowl windows, hit the like button, keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game 
and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. do a shout out to my school the university of miami i gotta show you guys this stuff so they sent me check it out my new hats bada bing bada bing let's see what else we got here bada bing also Pinstripe Bowl. Pretty cool. Let's see here. What else? Now look at this stuff. My, my school sends me... Dude, do you know how many boxes of this stuff that I have? I'm, I'm wearing one of the shirts now. Let's see what else. I, I haven't really looked at it all. Tell him, look at this stuff. Look at this stuff, man. What else we got here? Oh, they gave me an overcoat. These guys are great, man. They must have sent me about $400 worth of shit. What else I got in here? And they sent me a hood. I like this. What do you think, Yale? How much you think they sent me here? About $400? The, the, the hats alone are, I know, 20 apiece. And they sent me one, two, three, four. They sent me 12 hats. This is pretty cool stuff, man. And it's all Adidas. It's all Adidas. It's crazy. My school loves big sales, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Tones like sales. That shit is clean right there, man. Dude, that stuff is really cool. 500 bucks easily. They they, They sent, you know how many boxes? Shit, I got boxes of this stuff. I got three over there. The Buccaneers send me some stuff. Okay, but Bucks and Canes send me a shitload. My wife goes like this. You never have to buy it. Even this shirt came with the with the stuff today or yesterday. So, Matt, that's pretty cool, man. Sales, will, will Clint Hurt help Davis and Carter flourish? Yeah. 
There is no question that uh, Vic Fangio is going to have complete control of this defense and that this is going to be his way. Dude, thank you, Matt. You know, um, Tone said the same shit. He loved the shirt, too, we had on today. Fits, too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Clint Hurt, um, I, would, I would make this point to you. Pretty classy, huh, the Eagles? Can I tell you how Tracy Rocker found out? He found out on the social media that he's been fired. They haven't announced it yet. That's how your boys do business. Tracy Rocker hasn't been – Tracy Rocker wasn't told. He found out on social media. Tom Palacero reported it, put it out there, because he's close with the Seattle Seahawks people. And he found out, hey, Philly, stay classy. You guys are terrible at firing people. Terrible. It's like this public flogging, you know? You only, you know what, though? It just shows you your character and how you handle people on the way out the door. It's not just all about handling people great on the way in. It's also how you conduct yourself. You know, a society is gauged by not the millions of millionaires in your country. You're gauged by how you treat the impoverished, the impoverished, people that are in jail, and how you treat your criminals. And how you treat people. That's how you gauge a society. Not because you treat your kings great. That's how the Eagles run. Peasants and serfs. And and and, and for the record, someone goes, how do you think he'll do? It's such an asshole statement for anybody to think that a D-line coach will get more out of you than another D-line coach. Hey, fat boy, lay off the burgers. Get yourself in shape. Maybe we can start there. That's a you thing. Okay? That ain't got nothing to do with talent. You don't have to have talent to be in shape and in conditioning. That's a fat guy thing. That's a laziness. What's that got... What does eating Twinkies and Ding Dongs have to do with playing a three technique when you're out of shape? <laughs> yeah. When you're, when you're dunking those Twinkies and you're sitting around and you're going like this and you're listening to Tone Talk shit on you and you're smoking some of Joe's ganja and you're doing this, man, and you're, you're dunking on your Twinkie and you're going, Shit, man, you think I should be eating this Twinkie? You ever see Full Metal Jacket and the guy goes, why can't you have that in your footlocker? Because I'm overweight, sir. No, because you are a fat body. I have done everything to show Jordan Davis what he needs to do. I don't blame him. I blame all of you. So, you will get on your faces and give me 20. Here. They're paying for it. You eat it. Fat body. Why can't you have grub in the mat? 
Sir, because I was hungry. Because you were hungry. Because you were hungry. And why can't you have jelly donuts, Private Davis? Because I'm overweight, sir. Because you are a disgusting fat body. <laughs> Unfortunately, the coach got it in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the coach got it in the head in that one, though. So I don't know if that's a good reference point. Okay, that coach that coach got it in the head. And the shitter, too, which is even worse. I, I, I Hey, of all things, don't ever get shot and killed in the shitter. I don't care anywhere else, but not in the shitter. It's not where I want to go. I'll do anything, but don't kill me in the shitter. <laughs> Oh, man. Your name is Private Pyle. Only steers and you know what from Texas. And I don't see any horns on you, boy. <laughs> Holy dog shit. <laughs> Best sorry to you. Crack your mama's ass. Brand- I love that movie. By the way, I went to work and I worked at iHeart with that guy's daughter. And she's a friend of mine, and I met him before he passed away. I love that. That guy, he was a real drill sergeant too, man. He was a real drill sergeant. He lived in, he lived in San Diego. It's crazy. Yeah, he shots fired. Sills Mahomes is from Texas. Yeah, I know. Him and his dopey brother. His dopey brother and his big mouth wife. Mahomes is the only guy in the building that kills. Please, everyone, keep it down. You know, you know, Patrick is the guy that puts the party on, and he's the guy that has to tell his brother, hey, man. And he has to tell his wife, you're loud. <laughs> he's the only one in the building that's telling them, hey, can you give me a break here? The cops are going to come, and you know what they're going to do? You know, it's Texas. <laughs> Sorry, Tone. <laughs> 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 oh man. Seals another one of Howie's picks. Still want to trade AJ. Tyson. Cilio, another one of Howie's picks. Still want to trade. Oof. I get your point. You're right, man. Hey, watch this trading AJ for what? It's like trading RG3, like the Rams did. And the Rams didn't do shit with those picks. When they got him from Washington. True. It's true. They gave up three ones for him. They didn't do anything with him. You're right. It's I don't see, I don't think Howie Roseman. Okay, look. Devontae Smith is a great draft pick. Um Hertz has turned out to be a great pick. Landon Dickerson. Mulata.
Jalen Carter. Josh Sweat. The problem that I get when I start to look at his draft picks, it seems that they're good on offense. Shitty on defense. There's like no... There's like no real talent evaluators over there for defense. Is Jalen Carter a great pick? Yes. Who else? Well, Josh Sweat was a great find. Who else? Jordan Davis is overdrafted. Milton Williams is a good pick. Wilton Millie. Milton Williams is a better pick than Jordan Davis because there's more value on the pick. You see this, right? He's a third rounder, gives you first round production. So that's a value pick. Okay? You see this? That's called value chart. Like if you're drafted, like look at Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's number one overall. Did he live up to it? Yeah. Did Elway? Yeah. Did Baker Mayfield? No. Did RG3 live up to those threes? No. Did Trey Lance? No. Did Donovan McNabb live up to his draft place in the draft? What was Donovan McNabb drafted? I love talking the draft because it shows you how some teams know how to build and some teams don't know how to build. Jalen's a great pick, yes. That's a great draft pick. Did 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 what was Donovan McNabb? What was the what was his number? Um, when it came to pick, what 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 pick was he in the draft? He was the second pick. I got more value out of Hertz so far than what I got out of McNabb. McNabb, Hertz is a better value pick than McNabb. Money, same result, a lot of wins. I mean, how many wins does Jalen have in this three-year starting? Nine and eight? So he's 34 and 17. I got more of a value out of Jalen than what I got out of um, McNabb. Yeah, better leader. Is he more talented passer? No. But I never thought McNabb lived up to his total capabilities. I happen to think Jalen Hurts is living up to his, his ceiling, and he plays to his ceiling. I never thought McNabb played to his ceiling. McNabb was the second pick overall. Okay, that's a big pick. Okay. Did Wentz? No. Did win a Super Bowl in his era, but okay. Like who who else is a good value pick on your team? Is Devontae? Devontae was like the 11th or 12th pick, and he's got 3,000 yards in three years? Totally. That's a total value pick. Landon Dickerson was a second rounder. Plays like he's a top 15 player in the draft? Absolutely. Um... On defense, is the Brandon Graham? What was Brand? What was Brand? 
Kelsey, once again, Kelsey was back in the Andy Reid days. I'm talking a little bit. Kelsey's a total value pick. Malata's even Malata's a better one well, no, because Kelsey's a Hall of Famer. But Malata's a left tackle. And Malata was a seventh round pick. Seventh round pick, and he's one of the top five left tackles in the game. That's quite a statement. BG was a 12th pick in the draft. He's played 14 years. Totally lived up to the 12th pick. Remember, you're not looking for Hall of Famers or Pro Bowlers. You're looking for starters when you draft guys in the first round. The, the cherry on top is the Pro Bowler. And the Hall of Fame is just icing on the cake kind of shit. Okay? Lane Johnson, I think Lane was a top five pick. Whew, another guy, total value. Is, is he worth the fourth pick or fifth pick in the draft, Lane Johnson? Absolutely. I have no problem with that. Um, Fletcher Cox, 13th pick. As many years as he's played and as productive as he still is. Um, he totally lived up to that pick. You don't have a linebacker in your football team that for the last two years you haven't had a linebacker that you drafted that is worth a shit under Howie. Look at this. In three years, in the last three years in the Nick Sirianni era, you haven't had a linebacker that you drafted that's worth a shit. That's three drafts. You might want to think about getting someone in the building that knows what they're doing. You haven't drafted a linebacker in three freaking years that knows what they're doing. Oh, that's right. Lane was a um, Chip Kelly pick. Forgot that. <laughs> that's right. Good old Chip. Left a couple nuggets back. The smoothie bar. Jeff Stoutland and Lane. Yeah. Man, that's got to kill you too when you hear that. But the defensive side. So if we trade A.J. Brown, think about it. We trade A.J. Brown, you get all these draft picks. How many? Hey, Tone, can you please, and I'm sorry to drop this on you here, or anyone, what are our draft picks right now? And have the compensation picks been awarded yet? Denny goes, Sills, the NFC is an easier path to the Super Bowl. It is. Eagles windows open. No, it's not. How can you say you have a, a Super Bowl window open when you have the worst defense in the league? You have the you have horrible, you have a horrible head coach, and you have a court and you have a personnel guy who misses on defense and drafting. How, how can you say that you have a Super Bowl window with all of those facts, not question marks, facts? Eagles get four compensation picks. Those are going to be like twos, threes, and fours, correct? Twos, threes, and fours. Retool optimistic. Why would you say that when you don't have the money? I see Van Geinkel following Vic to Philly. Like him, too. They're getting some quality coaches in here. Here we go. 
And these look like the compensation picks too. Round one, round two, two via New Orleans. Round three, compensation, five, compensation, five, compensation, five, compensation, five via Miami and Tampa. Round six from Atlanta. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks. That ain't enough. I think you need between 12 and 14 picks to get this thing right. You need two corners, two safeties, at least three linebackers. Now, some of this will be through free agency, but you don't have a ton of money there. And you need at least two edge rushers. You're talking about 11 or 12. You need at least 11 or 12 picks, in my opinion. Or here's what I don't want Howie doing. I don't want Howie packaging up those fifth rounders for a third rounder when he narrows his window of opportunity to land on somebody you can land on somebody in the fifth round or fourth round see what he's going to do with those fifth rounders he'll take two of them package them up and he'll try to get a third for two fives something like that i don't want him to do that get this that defense in seattle was not built with first round draft choices the Legion of Boom. It was built with later round guys. There weren't a lot of first rounders of any. I think maybe one that was on that Legion of Boom team. They built that team, John Schneider and Pete, with all later round guys and some trades. Like, remember, my, hey, do you guys remember Michael Bennett? Michael Bennett was not drafted. The Bucks picked him up from New Orleans. And I remember telling Bruce Allen, who was the GM at the time, hey, don't let this guy go. He's a good ball player. Eh, you know, I go, yeah, we think he's a guy. I go, bro, he had nine sacks for you. He's not a guy. He goes up to Seattle, turns out to be one of the better rush ends and one of the better edge rushers. I'm like, you could have used that guy. Instead, you drafted this cream puff from Clemson. I'm like, dog, man, that guy was a good football player. But he was an un- I, I think he was an undrafted free agent in New Orleans. And yeah, but he, yeah, I think he was at the end of the rainbow, though, when he played in Philly. I think he was at the end of the rainbow, Michael Bennett. Okay. Earl Thomas was the first. Yeah, I think that's the one, Danny. I think Earl Earl was the first rounder. I know Sherman wasn't. Cam Chancellor wasn't. Bennett wasn't. Um, I know he, they weren't first rounders. Uh, the, what's his name? The guy that got up there now may have been who went bet Bobby Wagner. I don't know if Bobby Wagner was a first rounder. Um, when I don't, I don't think he was, I thought he was another, I don't think he was a first round draft pick, but they didn't have a bunch of them. They, 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 they built that team. So my point again is, um, Sherman was a sixth rounder. Wow. That's what I'm saying. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Cam Chancellor was maybe a third rounder. You can build your football team if you've got good talent evaluators. 
See, this is the advantage a guy like Jim Harbaugh is going to have because Jim Harbaugh recruited all these kids that are going into the draft. He'll know what guys are good. And you know what happens in in this talent evaluation? Here's what happens. Do you know what this is? Do you know what this is? This is the most essential thing that's important in a draft. Do you know what this is? This is the difference between a first rounder and a fifth rounder. One inch. Height. One second and 40. Maybe not the tallest guy on the planet. Okay? Because the metrics, and all of you fall in love with Jordan Davis, and you watch him run, and you watch him jump, and you watch him do the shuttle drill. You get enamored with that, and you forget the number one thing you're there for, to find football players. I don't care about the most athletic guy. I care about football players. I care about a guy making plays, being around the ball. And sometimes when you got a guy that's maybe not the tallest, he's a little undersized, but you know he's good. That's how Jimmy built the Cowboys. He knew all that. See, how he falls in love with all that shit, big school, coached by a big coordinator, a lot of, lot of plays they made. Then you look at it. Was N'Kobe Dean physically set up to be a linebacker in the NFL? The big knock on him was is that he had nagging injuries. That's the SEC. That's not the NFC East. So you do this. Okay. So at the end of the day, what happens to N'Kobe Dean in his development when he can't play or practice? He falls behind the eight ball. He loses development time which means he slows his progress on being a better player, which means he may never, ever get a chance to play. Because guess why? His injuries precluded him from getting better. Because in the NFL, the more reps you get, the better you get. And if you can't have your reps, you're never going to get better. So he may never see what he could have been. Like, you know what Kobe Dean's probably going to do in five, six years from now? He's going to go like this. I was really good. And I'm going to go, you're right. But you couldn't practice. And with the limited practice that you get with the CBA now, the chances of developing the Kobe Dean are none. They're none. He's lost two years. Has he developed in two years since he's been an Eagle? Has he? Let's ask the question. This is who he is. He's always hurt and he's never developed. That's what he is. It's not a projection. I don't know what he could be. It does suck Yale for him. It totally sucks because you know why? You've got to play and practice to get better. He can't. So he misses two, three months at a stretch. Put him in for a couple plays, gets hurt again. He's out another two months. Then he misses his entire first year, really, as a special teams guy. Has some good linebackers. Then he gets a chance he never even says the field, really. Spot plays here, there. Missed the whole year. This guy's been two years in Philly and done nothing. It's just not cool. 
Twisco Sills acts like everything is absolute. No, dude. Twiz is so... Dude, what are you talking about? I'm telling you what the kid's done since he's been here. And you want to talk about something of a sunshine conversation about something that you've never seen anything him do yet. Well, you know what? He will be. And you're like, that's not an absolute. It's absolutely true that that guy has done shit for two years here. There's no dressing that up. Again, this goes back to what Tone and I were talking about, how some of you guys like to take two piles of horse shit and try to dress it up into going, those two linebackers are good. And you're like, no, they're not. We have a Super Bowl window. No, you don't. You have half a team. The rest of that stuff is horseshit. You got two tackles that are good. You've got an edge rush. You you got Josh Sweat, who I think is really good. And you've got Fletcher. And you got Hassan Reddick. After that, the rest of it's garbage. But we got a Super Bowl window. How? You're going to play defense with four guys? I mean, here we go again. You know what people are going to start doing? They're going to start defending Kobe Dean. Why would you defend something that you hadn't seen yet? See, here's my issue. I've seen it. I know it. This is who he is. You're going to try to tell me who you want him to be. Okay. Well, that's not a reality. That's ifs and what's buts. Vic Fangio changing the defense into the gangrene. That's dumb talk. Somebody, I saw somebody on my Twitter page go like this about uh, Jalen Hurts. Guys, you flipped on him. I go, no, he had a bad year. So what are you going to say? He was great and lie and tell yourself a lie that he was great this year? And you were one and six down the stretch? You were the one and six team, not the 10 and one team. And you're going to tell yourself that? I, I, I didn't switch on him. The player played great last year. He sucked this year. Man, that sucked. He was inconsistent this year. That's not what he did. That's not what he did. Yeah, but you can't say that. Why? Paid the guy 50 million. Paid him 50. You got a quarterback in San Francisco that's making 900 grand. Where the F is Nolan Smith? Another guy. I never liked him in the draft. I heard actually people, including my friend Barrett Brooks, say they draft him in the top 10. I'm like, nah, I don't think so. I said, that guy's a second rounder at best. I told you that Mozzie Smith guy. For the Cowboys, I go, that guy's a third-round pick at best. That guy's not a good player, man. He's got no feet. His hands stink. And he's not very aggressive. And he thinks he is, but he's not. He's playing with poor hips. Mozzie Smith will never play in the NFL. He will never be a front-line guy. The Cowboys have undrafted free agents playing ahead of him. 
I mean, he, he's got poor feet, poor leverage. He's a strong kid. If you run at him, he'll he'll kind of put a he'll he'll put a fire hydrant up there for you. But if you have to ask him to move from sideline to sideline, he has no feet. Okay? Uh, do me a favor. Watch Jalen Carter's feet in his hands. And then you tell me when you watch Mozzie Smith play. Shit, even Jordan Davis. Dude, Mozzie Smith is nowhere near the player Jordan Davis is. Or will ever be. I mean... My problem is going to be how are we getting all these picks? Is he going to do the right thing and select the right guy? He stunk at corner. He stinks at backer and he stinks at edge rusher. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking he's, this is, I'll tell you, if you would, if you have, you have got, okay. If you have got, to rely on Howie making draft picks. That's a gamble. Tone said Mozzie Smith was a non-factor in 23, counted for 28% of the snaps, and he was fully healthy. And he was a first-round draft pick. And never played. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Your first-round draft choice, and you don't play at all. And he was healthy the whole season. He stunk. He stinks. He's terrible. Absolutely no good. All right. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. I've come to the conclusion, you guys. Somebody, no, 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 because I just looked at my Twitter page at Dan Cilio Show, and please, I invite some of you to follow. But um, I just, I just looked at my Twitter page, and he talks so harsh. I do. Yeah, he's always hate. No, you sucked on defense. Oh wait, here I'll do I'll do it for some of you guys because some of you guys are little snowflakes. Hey, you know what? You really didn't have all that great a year on defense. And I know you gave the good old effort. And you tried your dangies or your darndest. And I know guys, you know you're eagle guys, so hey, I know you did your your best you could. So we're here to support you here. And if you want to come over for dinner and you want to date my daughter, come on over. It's all gay. See, I don't let I don't let losers hang out with my daughter or date. You got to be a winner, okay? I don't let one in six hang out with my daughter. <laughs> that ain't happening, okay? We're we're a home of champions. Hey, Don. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did so. You know. And, and, and some of you like to tell half the story. You were one and six. You sucked at the end. The Bucks were better than you. You know, I heard Tone do something, man. And boy, I'll tell you, kudos to him. He's a fed up dude. Good for him. I think the majority of the Eagle fans are fed up. And they love to see a guy like Fangio come in there with a whip and beat some ass. That defense needs to be tied to a chair and have its ass kicked for about five hours. Toughen up a little, guys. Toughen up. Played like worms at the end of the season. Non-tackling, no effort, didn't give a shit. Yeah. Look at that defense and you go like this. That's not good. Effort was terrible. Get this. Effort takes no athleticism to give an effort. Takes no athleticism. Hey, man. Well, I hope, you know, what what, what do we do? Well, you've got to hope. Here, you've got to hope. And I hate using these words, hope. 
your boy in the front office knows what he's doing. I personally don't. Not corner, not linebacker, and not defense. He's terrible. We'll see. I do think he's better as a pro guy, but you don't have the money. Thank you for the content. The Eagles have the best content. See, the Cowboys, you know why the Cowboys don't have good content? Because it's not a reality. They don't go anywhere. You guys at least go somewhere. The Cowboys are fraudulent. The Eagles are a good organization at times. Hey, they hired great coordinators. How do you know that? We had a great draft. How do you know that? They don't even have a helmet yet. Always know when you're listening to shows like that. Now, John Ritchie, he's he's wearing on me, and I like him. He's right. I don't know what these guys are yet. Let's see how it works. You have no clue. All right. Xander, Big Joe, we thank you. Tone, keep kicking ass, man. I love our segment, by the way. That was great. By the way, Ron Jaworski is going to join us on Friday. We're looking for a time, so we're going to get Jaws on on Friday. I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Absolutely sensational. Two to six Eastern tomorrow, and we shall see you on the flip side. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.